Hello, Internet. You are now experiencing technical difficulties. This is Greg, and I'm joined by Ethan, and we have a special guest today, James Wallace of Ludonarrative Dissonance and many more things. Hello. Speaking of Ludonarrative Dissonance, uh, TechDiff helped back the Season 1 Kickstarter, so part of that benefit was being able to play with James for a bit. So he has a game that he is going to run for us. Uh, would you want to talk briefly about Luna Narrative Distance, if some of our listeners might not be as familiar with it? Absolutely, yes. It's a podcast that um, arose kind of out of a almost a joke on, on Twitter. Someone was throwing around the idea of putting Greg Stolze and myself on a project. And I've known Greg for 20 years more, in fact. Uh, we were both kicking around the role-playing scene as freelancers and publishers in the in the 90s. Um, and, and so this seemed like a threw some ideas around. It was kind of, well, maybe not work on a project, but it'd be really interesting to do some game analysis. And Greg went away and talked to, uh, I'm blanking on Ross's surname. This is really, I'm, I'm, my memory is forcing an entirely different Ross in front of me. Ross Comics Payton. Fandom. Hey, everybody, Ross it's Payton. Ross Payton from Role Playing Public Radio. <laughs> Ross Payton, not Ross Cowan, which was the name that my memory was determined to make me say. Um, so it's essentially it's a podcast in which each episode is a deep dive on a classic system, some of modern systems, some of them more from the storytelling end of things, uh, from the point of view of three people who have designed and published role-playing games and have thought an awful lot about role-playing and storytelling and, and how it works. So we break each game down, we look at what it does, how it does it, why people play it, and why they, people, why they play it in that particular way. Uh, we've just wrapped season one, uh, which ended up at 13 episodes, I think, which is really fun stuff, including an, an actual from Vindermere, which is an absolute hoot of the game. Um, so, so that's that. But apart from that, I'm a, I'm a games designer. I've been... I'm, best known probably for the card game actually once upon a time which i co-designed back in the early 90s which has been in print almost 30 years now which is terrifying um but i also did the extraordinary adventures of baron munchausen um i recently kick-started a thing called alas vegas i say recently again multiple years ago um but that's out and on drive all the usual pie and if you bought any bundles recently it's probably in there uh charity bundles yeah. And um, what else have I done? Oh, the Paranoia reboot um, four or five years ago, which I worked on with Greg Howitt, uh, Grant Howitt. My memory for names is just all over the place this evening. I apologize. Um, and, and Paul Dean and, um, and a bunch of other stuff. I, I, like I say, I've been around this industry far, far too long. Um, I've written books about the history of games. I've got a book coming out. this stroke mystery of the spiel des Jahres, the german game of the year award um which is being published by asmodee uh-huh. and i'm i'm really pleased with it we've uh, we've recently wrapped it and it's it's we haven't recently wrapped it because as i speak the 2022 winner hasn't been announced so we're waiting oh. for that for me to frantically write the last chapter and then it will immediately <laughs> go to print nice yes. so also i have a dog who you may be able to hear who is Hello, very dog. excited in the his name is Hector, and he thinks there's a fox. Uh, Hector. Um, I'm not sure. Anyway, so that's me, um, and it's a pleasure <laughs> to be here, and thank you so much for supporting Ludo Narrative Dissidents as well. 
We're glad um, and, and what I have prepared for you this evening, uh, for your delectation, uh, this is a project that I've been kicking around for about a year now. Um, and again, it's like Luda Narrative Dissidents. It arose out of a, a, a silly tweet. Um, and the tweet was two words. It was Nancy Drow. Um, I kicked the idea around with a, with a couple of people, and then it kind of went quiet. I was working for a, a large games company at the time, who I won't name, um, and they had one of those contracts that says, anything you develop while you're working for us belongs to us. So I thought about a few things, but I didn't write anything other than yep. you know, vague notes and Google documents. Left them in April. Um, so I've been doing Nancy together since then. And Nancy Drow is one of the things that's kind of coalesced into what feels like it ought to be fun. But this is, this is literally the very first playtest. Um, this is the first attempt to see whether there's actually something there that works. Thank so you very much. I will be. Well, thank you so much for being my guinea pigs. Um, <laughs> it's um, the rough concept. If your if your listeners haven't haven't glommed onto it, is it's it's not specifically Nancy Drew, which is obviously the base. Not a fantasy Nancy Drew as such. It's kid detectives in a fantasy world. So taking the, the driver of Nancy Drew or the Hardy Boys or the Goonies or even Stranger Things, but it's in a fantasy city. It's in a specifically a fantasy world driven by heroic adventurers, by which I mean a D&D world. Uh, so this is a world populated by D&D characters, and you're not one of them. You are uh, the characters who have to kind of exist around the side and live in, live in a world where there are dark lords and all the rest of it, but you're just trying to get on with the business of growing up and occasionally solving some some low-level crimes, it is unlikely you'll be called upon to save the, the world or even the city, but you may help you know, some orphans out of trouble or uh, all that. But the other thing um, I should mention is you know, the drow traditionally have been the, the dark elves, and there's all kinds of issues around cultural appropriation and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. When I say Nancy Drown, now what I mean is the characters you're playing are—they're part of the you know the mainstream. They are not the racial majority of whichever city you choose to to set this in. Mm. They are disadvantaged by reasons of it's not necessarily their their um their race uh, or their species, whichever um oh, whichever term you you prefer to use. Um, it can also be economic disadvantage. It can be simply social disadvantage. You're, a, you know, you may be the, you may be human, but you may be a foreigner. You may have language things like that. Hmm. So you start disadvantage, which it's it's a dramatic driver, um, and it does mean that you can't just you know swarm into places and you can't you can't take advantage of white privilege basically, um, um, or heroic adventurer privilege, whichever you you prefer. Um, as I say, everything at the moment, this is it's literally draft one. There will, may well be many, many changes to, to be made. It may fall flat on its face. It's quite possible. I've if had so, it will be in the past. <laughs> I, I had a brilliant game in the I thought it was in the in which you played yourselves, except you the first thing you discover is you're not yourself, you're a duplicate of yourself. And the real you is continuing their everyday life. And you've got a time jump, as in you're missing like two months of memories. 
Uh, So you think it's May, but it is in fact July. Um, And what it turns out is you're essentially clones of yourself who have been part of the Super Soldier Project. Um, And you're made up of alien tissue, which is incredibly strong and incredibly fast. And uh, so I thought the first session went really well. Well, I turned to the playtesters and went, okay, when should we do another one of these? And they went, that wasn't fun. And oh, I, 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 I never quite understood. I think it was the it, there was a discongruity between being you but not being you and stuff like yeah. that that we were really uncomfortable with. But um, so, as I say, it's quite possible that a playtest will fall flat on its face. From a games design point of view, that can be as interesting as something going incredibly smoothly. <laughs> um, I'm still just wittering. That's true. Um, that, I took, in fact, only two, and the first one went incredibly well in front of a crowd of strangers at a games convention um people had <laughs> mostly not met before and they just they picked up the game they ran with it they got it completely loads of laughter people joining the session halfway through not having the rules explained to them but just being able to pick them up as it went <laughs> best play test i've ever done and high off that i came back a few days later to my regular games group who were the same people who had um Oh no! Failed to the, the the clone duplicate game, um, and I explained Baron Munchausen to them, and they went, "Oh, that sounds interesting." I said, "Well, okay, so I, you challenge me to tell a story, I start telling a story, you interrupt with objections and stuff." And they went, "Okay, that sounds fine." So I challenged me to tell a story. Okay, they challenged me. I can't remember what the story was, and then they sat there politely in a very British way and didn't <laughs> interrupt at all while I told the story. Just monologue. <laughs> just I just had to monologue, which. The whole point of Munchausen is the interrupt. The interrupt exactly easier to tell because each one is used to build into your story or not. Without the interrupts, it's incredibly hard. So yeah. Anyway, <laughs> I I will stop burbling now and tell you about the game. Well, yeah, um, ready to make care. Okay. So it's um, because it's a D and D world. It's a D and D derived system. It's it's not exactly OSR. Um, I'm a systems like guy. I tend to run that way. Um, but this is, you know, with an eye to the market. If you're selling a game set in a D and D world, it has to be kind of D and D. So it's using the traditional six attributes generated mostly on three D six. Um, do you have a pen and paper or keyboard and screen or, or something? Uh, I to... certainly do. Fantastic. Um, let me just scroll down to find my... Because I've got like 20 pages of notes, and then I didn't actually type up something in sequence. Um, here we go. Okay. It just says, everyone is a character, teenager in a fantasy city, part of a city, part of a group of friends. Role within the party, uh, you can be. Uh, this is not. It, there's no character classes as such, but everyone kind of has a role within the the group. Um, some of these may sound familiar from uh, movies of the 1980s. Uh, you can be the, a brain, a jock, uh, a princess or a prince. You can be the outsider. You can be trouble, or you can be the chunk. Um, the brain is 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 the. Not necessarily the, the kind of the, the cleverness, but not necessarily the wisdom. Their dominant jock is strength. Prince or princess, charisma. Um, the outsider is is wisdom outside of the group, but but wise. Trouble is the you know the the maverick, the delinquent, the um, dexterity based, and then the chunk is the amiable idiot. 
um, who hangs around and is and everyone likes. Um, you know, they they may not be as clever as anyone else or as fast as anyone else, but they are still an important part of the group. Um, and there should be only one of each of these per party. Well, Ethan, do you have a preference? Uh, so many of those stand out. Uh, I'll run through them again. Brain, Jock, Prince or Princess, Outsider, Trouble, and Chunk. Um, yeah. It's the Breakfast Club, basically. It's kind of, it's a mix of the Breakfast Club and the Goonies. Yeah, I love yep. it. Uh, well, uh, for two players, uh, probably, I guess we want at least one person with some, like, since it's investigation-y, um, <laughs> what if I were to go with the Prince? As a charisma first, you know, that type, would make get people like me type person. And I was thinking maybe brain. Okay. A talker and a, like, a talker and a thinker. That sounds like a good combination. All right. Okay. Okay. Um, and then your stats, they are essentially the D and D stats, or at least as I remember them, because I came up through a D and D. So I think a couple of the names have changed slightly, um, but they're in a different order. So, um, your primary stat, you get 5d6 and choose the best three. Mm. All of the other on um, starting off intelligence, uh, wisdom, charisma, dexterity, strength, and constitution. Because in this particular dynamic, strength and the traditional D&D stats are, are less important than, uh, um, than other ones. Dex and so. strength. strength, int, wisdom, dex, charisma, con. Yes. Strength. Okay. Um, no. Uh, it's wisdom, charisma, dexterity, strength, con. Dex, strength, con. Yep. All right. Oh, okie dokie. The actual ages of your characters, incidentally, is undefined. Um, largely because Nancy Drew's age, you, I think in the uh, initial books she's sixteen, and then she became eighteen, and then the moment they filmed it, she was twenty-five, <laughs> pretending to be a teenager. It's, yeah, yep. it's amorphous. You're a teenager. Grace is the word. Um, I think int uh, being brain int will be my primary stat. It, yeah, brain intelligence is your primary stat, and and for the prince, charisma. So for my intelligence. 17. That's not too bad. That's pretty cool. Uh, there's a way to... Well, hold on. Isn't it uh, pick the top... Is it po- pick the top three? Pick the top three, yes. Oh, so it's not add them all together. No. Uh, it's, four- it's 14 in this instance. Right. Okay, so uh, is there a way to sort them? I can't remember in the dice parser. I-, I think there is, but I don't know off the top of my head. Oh, well, it's five. It's not like you can't keep track. Yeah, so. <laughs> <laughs> well, a little bit easier for you. Or actually, should I be rolling my int first and then get down to my charis? You might as, might as well roll your primary stat first. All right, I did that. So uh, 6 and 6 is 12, plus 4 is 16. I'll do my next five rolls, and then you'll do yours. Sounds Does that make good. sense? Yeah, because yeah. Yeah, it can be hard to tell them apart otherwise. Okay. Okay. And then because these are 3D, these are just the raw stat, the raw numbers yes. of the stats. So. Do we just go straight down the list, or do we assign them as we wish? You might as well go straight down the list. Okay. Works for me. 
All right, I'm going to do mine. Uh, Greg. You're going to tell me there's some fancy way to do it, that the, the, the your dice parcel will just create an entire character. Uh, boy, that would be nice, wouldn't it? Uh, <laughs> 15, 14. Starting to get some ideas. Especially with the amusement of my strength being eight and my con being six. <laughs> I have really high stats here. <laughs> <laughs> well, how about that? For the benefit of the listeners at home, that was three sixes. That was eighteen con, so I am a hard to put I am hard to put down. <laughs> you are a literal hardy boy. <laughs> yeah, <Right. laughs> very much. And whereas my stats are a bit closer to the median, <laughs> well, maybe that's why I'm a prince. <laughs> like a good nutrition. <laughs> that's, okay. that's cool stuff. Okay. Um, oh, yeah, let me do mine. I'll show you. Uh, it's updates in here. Okay. The dice giveth and the dice taketh away. <laughs> That's what dice parcel does. The listeners at home. <laughs> uh, I have int 14, wisdom 14, charisma 10, dex 11, strength 8, con 6. And I have int 15, wiz 14, charisma 16, dex 11, strength 15, and con 18. <laughs> wow. Okay, I may have to find a more balanced way of it's I mean like I said I'm old school. I this pleasure in rolling up characters purely on on dice. Oh yeah, for sure. You can, I, I mean, you can um, get massively unbalanced parties. We just did um character generation in rain last night for a campaign we're about oh. to do. And we did end up doing random roll air quotes life path and <laughs> I mean it gets you a character. Like I, I'm starting to get an idea of who this person is with these kind of stats. So yeah, fantastic. <laughs> um, just to explain a little bit about the, the mechanics, every four points you have a stat get a point of what at the moment. Um, and push is okay. is a narrative ability. Uh, essentially, it, you can spend a point of push, and they refill at the end of each session. Um, spending a point of push either gives you an automatic success at one action or you can create an in-game resource related to that attribute so you can say, you know, someone mentions um, that, you know it'd be really useful if you, you knew someone who had a particular skill and you go, oh, you know, I know the alchemy works at the, you know, the, the town hall I, you know, um, you can you can create elements of, of the background world, um, which sounds very story gamey, but actually is almost exactly how Nancy Drew... I've read a lot of Nancy Drew books in the last few months. They're not <laughs> awful. They're not... <laughs> they are formulaic, but there's some, there's some nice storytelling in there. Um, and some things that are really great on the teeth. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, more than often, you know, it, there will be a and Nancy goes, oh, but what about Mr. So-and-so from such-and-such? So? Only with an American right. accent. Um, right. You know, so it's it allows it basically, rather than having to trawl through the medieval equivalent of the Yellow Pages, you can um, you can go straight to somebody who's a, who's a known asset. 
Um, and the other thing is when you use a point of, of push, um, it's an automatic focus pull. Focus, game focuses on your character at that point, and, and for a little thereafter, you become the, the focus of the next scene. Um, so that's that's what push is about. Um, okay. And so like we, I have, said, we have one point of push per four points in stat. You say yes. All so right. for example, I have three push for int and wisdom, two mm-hmm. push for charisma decks, one yeah. push or two two push for strength and one push for constitution. Uh, yes. Okay. I've got mine correct. down too. I've got. Uh, Three, three, four, two, three, four. <laughs> I apologize. That's. Uh, I'm. I'm going to take a very short break here to put yes, my we... dog out of the garden so... and into the house because his so... uh, his tail is banging against the door. Oh, uh, my, my wife has done it for me. Um, oh. I don't I don't know if you could hear that, but it was the building. With, he's a substantial Labrador. The building was shaking. That was great. We we've we've had pets. It's perfectly fine. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we've got our stats and our push. Um, as your constitution, um, though this is it's intended to be a combat, very combat light game. Ideally, there should be you should not get into any fights because you're kids. If you get into a fight with an adult, you're probably going to lose. Um, so, uh, if you want to be any of the Normal category of of D and D races, there are no attribute adds, no stat adds to that. But you do get the racial benefits of introvision or else. The downside, you're you know you're existing in a multiracial society in which you are very visibly a minority. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's your call. I don't have. I'm I'm assuming you're familiar with D and assume it's like the USB of, of role playing games <laughs> these days that everyone has a you know at least one port they can plug something into. Yeah, 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 I, yeah, I, yeah I know I've what you're talking about. Conversant with the milieu, yes, yes. <laughs> indeed. Okay. <laughs> all right, so I. Uh, so you say we're all going to be kind of outsiders, like like social outsiders, right? Yes, yes. You're, you're, there is no assumption. It's, again, going back to the, the source material. And this is not intended to be, I'll say again, it's not intended to be Nancy Drew in a fantasy city. She's incredibly what we would call middle class. Um, mm-hmm. she, her father is a well-to-do lawyer. Her mother is, is um, deceased. Um, but literally the first Nancy Drew book begins with her driving her convertible. You think, oh, you're meant to be a, the kids are meant to be identifying with you. And this all, plus this was written, I think in the thirties, you know, she comes, she comes from a background of wealth and privilege and and connection. Uh And a lot of times that is used in a way that I don't think aids the storytelling. I think it's more interesting to, you know, have have potential obstacles to not be able to say, well, you know, I flash some cash and that does the job. Exactly. <laughs> or I call on my father's contacts. There's an awful lot. Mm-hmm. And then there's, there's one where they go, oh, you know, so, so oh, that sounds interesting. Let's jump on a train and travel a day and a half to the coast. It's, <laughs> first of all, that's a pretty, you know, you're following a fairly minor clue. Secondly, that's, you know, you're, 
would your father let you do that? And thirdly, that's you know a financial undertaking. Um, so, yeah, it's it's like I say, everything's up in the up in the air. That's this is um, okay. uh, it's experimental. Um, for reasons of, it's not a skill based system; it's an attribute based system, as you've probably gathered. Um, but to give you an idea of kind of abilities that you might be able to call on. Um, think about what your parents do or did. So skills that you have picked up at your parents' knee. Um, so, you know, if your mother's a blacksmith, if your father's a chef, if you, you know, or if they're retired adventurers, what sort of skills might might you have learned? So, you know, if you're, you know, if either parent is, is a wizard, you might have a trip or two, a low spell, you know, they've, they've taught you. Uh, nothing enormously significant. Uh, but you get one skill or one item, or uh, you don't have to define it closely, or you don't have to define it until it actually becomes necessary in, in the game. Um, this was something Maya Las Vegas did. Um, I don't know if you've seen it. Um, you start with a literally blank character sheet because you, you begin the game with amnesia. Um, your character can't remember anything about themselves. And as the game goes on, you'll go, oh, I'm in a knife fight. It would be really useful if I remember how to life. Oh, I have a flashback to my previous life of me being in a knife fight. Now I have the knife fighting skill and also a memory. Um, so it's the idea of have, kind of having empty slots that you can fill in as, as needed within the game. Um, I'm very much an advocate of defining characters through play rather than completely at the start of the game. I think it makes for much more interesting characters and, and much more liberating play as well. Um, I did. I'm waffling again. I had Nars Magic. <laughs> Sorry. Right. Um, yeah. A long time looking down and realizing that there was a, a skill stroke per character part of his character that I had literally never used. <laughs> and uh, it's, oh, oh, yeah, that might have been useful three months ago. Um, exactly. So, yeah, giving players the ability to, to change their characters, not feel that everything is predetermined. The heart of good fiction is, is in characters, you know learning from what they're doing and changing and growing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, and then this is, this is in development. It's all in development. Um, but I have a list of six possible things and you can choose one from it um, okay. to give you a, a certain advantage. You can either have a stable home life uh, which means you have a, a home to go to, both your parents are alive, and they have a regular income. Or you can have a friend or a relative in high places um, to, to be defined later. Uh, you can have access to transport. That may mean you have a horse, a car, a boat, goodwill. One magic item, it's a family heirloom, only you can use it within the party. Um, you can have a certain amount of reputation for whatever your highest attribute is, uh, or you can be schooled. In other words, you can read and write, and you can do maths. Nice. So one from that list. Okay, I missed the thing about, there's something about a horse and a cart or something about that? Transport. Access to transport. All right. Was there something after that before magic item? Uh, no. Gotcha. <laughs> All right. I am going to take. Uh, I think I want to take. Uh, 
stable home life. Okay. And uh, <laughs> as things keep going uh, with my characters, I think I'll take an animal friend. I will have a pony. <laughs> okay. That sounds good. Oh, yeah. I mean, animal friend I should add to the list. That's good. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Okay. Um, <coughs> I apologize for the cough. Um, and the the next stage, which is pretty much kind of the final stage, um, is you take it in turns to describe how you know. Actually, I'm not sure how this is going to work with two players. But the idea is you describe how you know the player on your right or the character on your right or your most powerful memory of them. Uh, one thing you really like about them and one thing that you dislike, resent, or envy about them. <laughs> okay. So I guess we should probably describe our characters. In like... Yes, if, if you've had a chance to come up with anything, any kind of concepts. Okay, I, I have. I don't know if you're ready, Greg, but... I am. All right. So uh, I'm going to be uh, Jimmy Stonecutter, uh, and I come from a family of dwarves. Uh, I'm a dwarf, hence the con 18. <laughs> <laughs> That'll fit. Young dwarf, uh, just growing my first beard here. Um, my <laughs> my parents are uh, respected members of the dwarf community, and I uh, kind of grew up with that sort of confidence. They're like... Uh, they're like, uh, you know, merchants, shopkeepers in the city that we're in or the town we're in. They're not rich or anything, but um, they, they're they're solid dwarfs. But uh, you know, it's not a dwarf city. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. And I'm thinking, Hounmar Alden, who is an orc teenager. Hmm. Um, Ooh, okay. He and his family. Um, did live in town. They had a relatively happy life, and then a minor bout of plague hit the city. Uh, Hanmar lost everything and got pretty sick. That explains his low con, low strength, low dex. Um, so all that he really has left after the family illness is just their horse, uh, which I will think of a name shortly. Nice. Uh, and so we're going to change our names in the uh, tech in the server settings to represent our uh, okay. character names here. So it'll show up in the chat and in the uh, list on the left hand side. Excellent. I've been I've been taking notes. Yes. And I'll also drop it in chat so we have it. Uh, so how do Houndmar and uh, Jimmy know each other? What do we have in, that's up to you. What do we have in common? Uh, so we're both uh, we're both minorities in this in this city. Um, the orcs and the I imagine if it's kind of standard fantasy milieu, orcs and dwarves don't usually get along with each other. Generally, not no. So um, maybe you and I have formed a friendship based on some sort of uh, overcoming that uh, that that prejudice, perhaps. Um... Are your were your parents actually like um, um, stone craftsmen? Or? Yeah, I'm gonna say that's that's hence the family name. <laughs> Maybe that's how um how Martin how the Aldens had work is they were people who like imported stones into the city. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. So like you know, big strong orcs hauling stones in from the quarries, and then the 
dwarves who of course look down on the orcs as as just nothing but uh but uh manual labor stupid manual laborers uh unlike us 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 uh crafty dwarves uh but then your family died <laughs> everything went bad and i was i was seeing you like i grew up, i was i was raised to say prejudices as the as the the normal dwarves had but uh, you know, seeing you at your disadvantage and everything, I kind of went went out of my way to to treat you with respect, which is you know a little bit you know that's that that puts me out of uh, out of step with with most of the dwarves, especially older generation. But um, also probably doesn't help that you have eventually Jimmy eventually realizes how Mar is about as smart, if not in some places, smarter than him. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I suppose that could be advantage. You know, people assume that orcs are generally stupid. So, uh, oh, yeah. yes, could very much play to your your advantage. Nice um, and cool. So the um, the next thing is, what is your your either your first memory or your strongest memory of each other? One thing that you really like about them, and one thing that you dislike, resent, or envy. Um. We can either take this in turns to do strongest memories and then yeah. likes and then dislikes. Or, and our memory doesn't have to be the same as each other. So no, 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 absolutely. I mean, the, the idea is that it's all different. So you start building up the background of the, if there were four or five of you, you know, building up the background of, of who this group of friends are, yeah. how long they've been kicking around. Um, again, stuff that you can use to then possibly spark. Um, when you stop using uh, push to to create game assets, you go, oh, you remember that time that we, you know, we saved the cart from going in the river, the carter there, him, uh, we go and see him, or something like that. It's uh, a, a sense of uh, having a shared history. I think my strongest memory uh, of Hunmar was uh, when we were playing, uh, like we were kids, um, this before your family died or your your parents died or whatever. Uh, we were kids. We'd play this this like game, like chess, uh, some fantasy version of that. We'll just call it chess. D and D chess. Uh, yes. And uh, like I always just assumed I was going to be able to you know beat you at it, and I was really arrogant and stuff. And I would talk about how uh, I was smarter than you. Uh, and then like you just started wrecking me at it like over and over constantly <laughs> <laughs> and i remember the first time i lost uh lost to you and how angry i was and then like how i challenged you to rematch and then you just beat me even worse and at that point um i don't know it like i was young it kind of earned me earned earned my respect i'm like oh this guy actually is really smart cool then, i like that um, I like that. I don't want to interfere with that for first memory. So I think Houndmar's strongest is um, him convalescing in one of the um, doctor's wards following the um, plague. He's lost everything. Um, and Jimmy comes to visit him and was able to sneak a um, half a bottle of some very Strong spirits that you should not be drinking at that age, <laughs> even for orcs and dwarves, um, and just taking some time to be with him and comfort him as he was both convalescing and 
plagued by losing everything. Nice. Cool. That's that's really nice. Um, any any thoughts on on something that you you like or dislike about each other's characters? This is an opportunity. This is something that we did in in Paranoia, um, which actually comes from a game that I again developed twenty years ago and never released. Partly because twenty years ago it would have incorporated a, a deck of cards, and twenty years ago that was really hard to do before digital printing meant right. that you could do comparatively short runs of decks of cards. You had to print like three or four thousand decks, which was right. a you know, and an, an undertaking. And then, how do you package that with a book? It was, it was, it would have had to go in a box. And then there's all kinds of because I'm in Europe, uh, there are tax implications uh, for that value added tax, which is yep. it's running at twenty percent these days. If a game comes in a box, it is um, liable for VAT. If it's in a book, it's not. So role yeah. playing games, role playing games in book form are comparatively cheaper. Um, anyway, all of, all the kind of things that a publisher has to contend with. Um, but the mechanic is basically that you, um, when you choose an attribute, um, and it was this was a game in which you, you picked skills, and Paranoia does the same thing. When you choose a, a skill, you are in the basic form, then you are the best in the group at that. The person sitting on your left is the worst in the group at it. They can't do it, essentially. And then everyone else is just average at it. And it was the idea was it was a, it was a game based around 70s and 80s cop shows. Hmm. Um, and I wanted to create a balanced party where everyone has their individual strength and everyone has their individual weakness. Um, and it worked really well. So I'm trying to... I don't want to do exactly the same thing again here, but the idea... Because I, I want to create a group of friends, so memories of, of you know what you like about each other allows players to, to define a little bit, bit about each other's characters. Again, I did something similar in a Las Vegas with the, um, um, the amnesia thing, because you it literally, you, you start the game. This is not a big spoiler, dragging yourself out, out of a shallow grave in the desert at midnight, you know, right. it's night, it's cold. You're naked. You're all in the same grave. You're all naked. None of you can remember anything about yourselves, and you're kind of looking around. And you take it in turns to describe yourself to uh, to the character, uh, to the rest of the the group, and then one of the other players men- describes one thing that you've forgotten about yourself. Whether it can be, you know, the big tattoo on your back, or the scar across your face, or the gold teeth, something physical. And again, that works really well. Having other or worked really well, having other people define a little bit of your character. Mm. I was really pleased with that. Um, cool. So it's it's picking picking up that idea and, and running with that, seeing if it works. Yeah. Okay. I'm talking too much about my design process. <laughs> You're fine. It's very You're interesting. Uh, so one thing we like about the other person, and one thing we dislike about correct. Them. Um. So I think I like I like the way that Hunmar always sort of takes time to look at a situation and figure out what's you know the the what's really going on before acting he's not impetuous he's uh he's reflective um, cool Houndmar really leans on Jimmy's strength um again he lost a lot when he got so sick and there've even been times when uh Houndmar's been too weak to walk, and um, Snowy is at the stable, so 
can't get a lift from the horse, and Jimmy's actually been able to carry him. Oh, cool. Nice. Um, and then one thing you dislike about each other. I think I dislike your horse. <laughs> <laughs> I just, you know, yes. dwarves, dwarves, not, they're not a culture. They're not a horse culture. <laughs> it's just, we never feel comfortable around horses. We're, they bite us. Horses don't like dwarves for some reason, so we don't like horses. <laughs> yeah. It's true. I mean, I'm, I I stand six foot four, and I you know I'm scared of standing next to a horse. They're so big. For a dwarf standing next to a horse must be just. It's right. Yeah, the the mountain like, of, a, of right flesh. Right at kick height. Okay. It's yeah. Not great. Um, and then Jimmy uh, Hanmar really doesn't like Jimmy's temper. It always mm. seems like he's just one stroke away from getting like really upset. Like, again, the end of that chess match. Uh, they were buddies afterwards, but he still did the table flip. Yeah. <laughs> cool, cool. That's that's really nice stuff. That's um, that's a really interesting dynamic there. Thank you. That's uh, thank you. Very pleased with as a, as a first as a you know first data point for this for the playtesting of this. That's that's really nice. Yeah, that's kind um, of the beauty of doing random rolls is that you can kind of gauge stuff based off of what you yeah, get. Yeah, I love mm. it. Brilliant. Okay, um, the setting roughly is it's a an unnamed fantasy city. Um, uh, if you want it to be water deep, it can be water deep. If you want it to be Greyhawk, it can be. Was Greyhawk was Greyhawk a city or was it just the country? I can never remember. I think um, it is a city. Yeah, I think, it, I yeah. think it's the yeah. Um, anyway, so it's 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 a big fantasy city of of the type that your heroic adventurers have. I'm I'm sure walked through and possibly pillaged many times. Um, you've grown, you know, you know it well because you've you've lived there for a while. You may not have actually been born there, but uh, but you know its ins and outs. Oh, one other thing in character generation: where do you and your friend or friends tend to hang out? Just and again, you can invent a location. You can say, "Oh, in the marketplace. Oh, at somebody's house. Oh, at you know, whatever seems that it would fit." I don't think it's my house because uh, I live in the dwarf area and not cool with orcs. So it's going to be someplace else. Um, I feel like um, probably Houndmar stays at a tavern or something. With how mm-hmm. much. Um, He's lost, so mm-hmm. that could probably be a place for Jimmy to come hang out, and it's all good. That's good. Sure. Okay. Does Howard like work to keep himself alive, or um, I feel like either he probably still gets some work from your parents, mm-hmm. like maybe he can't do any of the stone hauling anymore, but he can do some accounting. Okay. Mm. That's, That's a good idea. I like that. Yeah. So. so, like, he ma- he makes enough money to take care of himself. He makes enough money to get, be housed. Um, okay, yeah. yeah. Maybe not enough to have his own house. But you're not, like, but... totally impoverished, like, living Exactly. In okay. Cool. Okay, That's, that works. Um, so, as I, as I say, it's it's kind of, it's a generic fantasy 
city. It's, it's got all the regular areas that you would expect. There's the, the mercantile area. There's the high-class residential area. There's the slums. There's the docks, um, transport hubs, hubs, <coughs> shops of all shapes and sizes, um, including stuff catering specifically for heroic adventurers, taverns where you don't go, guilds for most of the adventuring classes. Um, so there's, uh, you know, there's rumoured to be a thief's guild. There might even be an assassin's guild somewhere. Uh, you hear a story about them. And then, of course, there's the uh, the, dist- the government dist- district where um, the, the town, the, the local area is basically governed from where the local noble also has their dwelling place. Um, they are undefined at the moment because it may, if you want to define them later on, that's um, that's up to you. Um, I don't. Uh, you can you can tell this is kind of rough. This is I mean, one of the interesting things about playtesting is you find really quickly where the holes are. The stuff that you you, you know, this is is not the thing I've spent the most time working on. Um, though there have been you know, I don't want to think about how many hours I've, I've put into this so far. Um, but you may think it's complete, and the moment you start trying to explain it to someone else or fill it, you know, you, you say, "Oh no, no, there's a kind of a slot. What do what do we do about this? Well, how does this work? How does this bit fit with that bit?" Um, which is why playtesting is. Um, I used to teach game design. I mean, I still do from time to time, but I used to lecture in it at universities, um, and uh, you know, just trying to get trying to make people understand how much you have to playtest with people you don't know, with strangers. Even with, I mean, friends, friends as well, because you do not know how people who are not you are going to react to your game and what they're going to do and what they're going to expect and need and need to play it. Um, so yes, even even just a first play test like like this, with you know, companionable crowd, and you know, we're, we're hardly stress testing this. It is it is not a kind of test test of destruction thing, but still, I'm already frantically making notes here on. Oh my god, I need to fill this bit in. I need to work out how that works. And so you do playtesting. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's, it's all good. Um, so it's um, any particular choice for a, a time of the day? Probably if, if um, um, Hanmar, you've been working in, you know, doing some accounts um, and, and stuff, you've been working during the day, you and Jimmy may retire to the tavern to, you know, have a conversation. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a fantasy world. You can buy beer. Um, as, as teenagers, it's uh, you know, largely because it's it's probably safer than the drinking water. Yes, so, um, um, yeah, it's a drinking in- age for dwarves and orcs for human alcohol is basically like eight. <laughs> pretty much. Uh, pretty but yeah, much. we're at, at Dinkley's. Yeah, <laughs> running references into the ground as is my want. Hey. Uh, but yeah, uh, so like. Late afternoon, early evening, we're there for supper. Yeah, that, that makes sense. Sorry, did you give me a, a name for the the pub? My internet glitched at that moment. Ah, uh, yes, uh, Dinkley's. Dink- Dinkley's. Dinkley's. I put it in chat. Okay. Oh, brilliant. Sorry, I'm in the I'm in my Google Doc at the moment. No, 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 right. in, um, and I don't have a multiple monitor set up. At, uh, That's all right. Because I'm, I'm not at my desk. I know how it feels. Uh, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> so um, you're in fact you 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 haven't reached Inkley's yet. You're you're, you're walking down the street towards okay. it, and um, Hunmar, you uh, notice a uh, an oldish woman um, 
you've seen her around. You think she lives somewhere nearby. Um, and she is struggling with someone. Let's be trying to, they're struggling over a bag um, of some kind. And as you watch, the uh, the other person, much younger, younger man, grabs the bag from her and begins running away down the street. She's like, oh, oh stop the thief. Well, I will bravely take off after him. Um, I will. I've already on Snowy for um, movement purposes, so he will okay. hitch the reins and also go after him. Okay, fantastic. It's it's a cobbled street, um, normally filled with market stalls, but it's quite late in the day, as you said, so most of them have packed up. But there's still a lot of vegetables and, and things like that, um, you know, smushed, smushed underfoot. It's not the easiest going. Um, he's, you, you can't tell he's, he's running. He appears to be youngish and older than you, but young and, and, and fit. Um, uh, I'm trying to think how best to, to administer this, um, with this system of mechanics that, that I'm literally trying for the very first time. Um, I think a simple, um, probably a dexterity role for running down a fairly crowded street or indeed riding a horse down a fairly crowded street after uh, pursuing so, so, them. So speaking of, are we trying to roll, uh, are we, are, do we get a bonus D20? from our stats? Or yeah. yeah. Or okay. Uh, D, D20, rolling D20 against your stats. Okay. Also, we're trying to roll Sorry, under. That, 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 that bit I did know. It's just kind of, you know, in what situation. Uh, under, or, under or over? Trying um, to roll under. Under. Roll under. Right. Roll under. All right. Uh, I go crashing it. We, I go crashing oh, into no. a fruit stand. And uh, so it's not we're gonna. That was that was not hugely successful. Okay, you um. Dang it! We you don't, don't, you don't get. <laughs> you don't crash into stands exactly, but you do slip. People get in your way. You find yourself just just blocked. It is difficult to ride a, a horse at speed down down this kind of street, um, and you lose sight of the character. This this thief, presumably, as he ducks around a corner. Um, knowing, especially from me, from being at a height advantage, um, literally mm-hmm. on a horse, um, knowing that it seems like it's not possible to catch him. Could I maybe try uh wisdom or interroll to see if I can get like the best description I can? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Okay. Um, yes. He's, um, he's wearing um, not exactly fashionable clothes, but quite smart clothes. Um, something between uh, <laughs> a, a jerkin and I don't know, there was almost kind of a semi ecclesiastical, you know, almost priest-like or monk-like cut to to some of it, um, and uh, yes, uh, you mostly saw the the back of his head, um, but you know you would recognize him again if if you saw him uh, dressed in the same clothes. Would we would we recognize his face if we saw him? Yeah, you would probably recognize his face. Okay. Uh, Dang it, so, Jimmy! I don't uh, think we're going to get to him. Uh, no. Okay. So. Oh, we got it. Let's um, go back to the lady. Yes. Yes. You, you become aware she's she's more or less where she was. She's sunk down onto the um, uh, the, the stones at the side of the road, um, and she's got her head in her hands. 
Sorry, ma'am, you got upset. away from us. Oh, well, thank you so much for for trying. I'm I'm so grateful. It's oh, uh, you weren't able to catch him. No, I'm afraid he he ducked around the corner down on the down through the down through the market square. Um, oh, what, what a shame! What a shame! I don't know what he was after, but it just what happened. Did this he just come up? Yes, he just he came and he he just he tried to. He said, "Give me your bag," and um, I just oh, it's I don't know what he could have possibly wanted in there. I'm not a rich woman. Um, I uh, you know I have a a few things. Um, but all this coming on top of my husband disappearing and everything else, it's just, oh, too much. So would you, to hear would you give me a hand back to my house? Yes, absolutely, ma'am. Yes. Uh, oh, that's... Would you like... Here, um, you can help her up on Snowy. Yes, he's, um, she doesn't, she's a bit shaken. It's not that she's doddery. She's not that right, old. Right. She's probably in her seat. Um and uh, she, you know, very gratefully takes your takes your arm, um, and she leave, she lives a couple of streets away, not far at all. Um, and uh, it's it's a small smallish house, quite narrow, um, goes up a couple of stories. Um, and she says, "Thank you so much for for uh, for that. Could I could I offer you a, a cup of tea uh, by way of thanks, or maybe something a little stronger?" Oh, that's very that's very kind of you, ma'am. Um, yes, uh, if you'd like oh, to, uh, do we... come in. Do come in. Um, and she produces from from under her. Uh, it's clearly it's attached to her belt, but tucked inside her dress. Um, a, a strangely large and elaborate key for a um, what looks like a fairly small townhouse. Um, and she opens the the door lock, and the door swings open. And you know, it's quite a solid door. This one. Um, and inside, it's this is not a magical effect; it's an architectural effect. But the house is bigger on the inside than it looks mm. from the outside, um, and quite not exactly richly decorated, but um, decorated in a in a style that does not say sixty-year-old urban, um, you know, woman to you. There's uh, there's um, swords above the fireplace. There's um, uh, basically, you would you would know this. this it, it looks like mementos of an adventuring career. Nice. Um, There's a the giant drooby. <laughs> <laughs> there are no heads. <laughs> There's no stuffed heads on the walls. You'd be you'd be glad to hear, but you know, kind of dented shields and and you know bit, bits of armor and you know things things standing around. Yeah. Um, and uh, she she bustles through to the kitchen, which is towards the back, and. Um, uh, you know, clearly there's a fire there. She puts a puts a kettle on and goes. Uh, so who who are you boys? Well, my name's my name's Jimmy Jimmy Stonecutter. Uh, I work down uh, Stonecutter Shop. Uh, oh, uh, yes, yeah, yeah. You know, yes, I, I think I think my husband had some dealings with your um uh, your your family probably about five years ago. We were uh, yes, um, well, uh, all all good, all good, excellent workmanship. Well, glad to hear that. Uh, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm just, I'm still just a trainee, but uh, you know, I'm, I'm trying to learn. I feel like my, I'm learning from the best. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I'm and, Han Mar. I also work for the Stonecutters. Uh, my parent, uh-huh. my parents were the Aldens. They used to be importers of stone. Ah, oh, yes. I, I, I can't say I came across them. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. Um, yes. Do, do, do sit down. It's. I'm, I'm afraid. My, you know. My husband, oh, 
And she puts a hand on, on her brow, and clearly she's uh, Man, a memory. Would, I'd like to help you if, if there's any way we possibly could. Oh, that's yeah. that's a, that's so kind. It's um, he 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 disappeared. He he's he's gone a few a few days ago now. Um, just without um, without. I should introduce myself. I should introduce my well, my husband. You may have heard of him. Uh, his name was Dom Bloodax. Um, that would be an intelligence roll. Uh, yeah. Uh, from both of you. Greg gets it. Tom Man, I Blood Axe. Uh, I, I got a hit. Tom yes, Blood Axe. Don, Don Blood Axe, yes. The, the famous adventurer. Um, he was, um... You know, a little before your time, but you remember hearing stories about him when you were when you were very small, and you know, back in back in the days of oh, tales of adventurous. That's so exciting. Maybe one day I'll go off and kill dragons. Oh, no, maybe. <laughs> um, you don't remember if he ever called, killed a dragon, but he certainly he was involved in a number of major adventures and at least one one war. <laughs> he was part of a, a famous adventuring party that didn't have a name, but it was just you know, he, he was he was he was kind of notorious and. Uh, right. Um, evidently, he re- he retired. Um, so he, yes, it's, it's um, I've I, I'm his wife Ethel Ethel Bloodaxe, and uh, we are. Um, he's he's been retired for oh fifteen years now, um, and we were just living a quiet life here. And then he he vanished, and then there was that letter, and then this in the street today. And I have to think that they're all connected. Um, it's it's most. Worrying letter, you say? Yes, there was a a, a letter came through um, that the, the was under the door um, two two days ago, I think. Um, Could we see it, please? Uh, yes, uh, by all means. Um, and she goes to uh, it's it's tucked behind a curious statuette on the mantelpiece. Um, and she produces it, and it's uh, in a very deliberately kind of block-written style, uh, so the handwriting wouldn't be identifiable. Um, and it says, "We want, uh, we need the casket, or you'll never see your husband again." More instructions will follow. Casket. Casket. I know. I know. I'm. I'm perplexed. My. I mean. Yeah. You got a casket around here somewhere. <laughs> well, I I don't know what they can mean. Um, Dom obviously brought back many interesting treasures, um, but I don't remember a casket being among them. It's it's uh, we've got. I mean, there's the this this little statue here. Um, it's quite hideous. It's clearly some forgotten god or something, something like that. Possibly a god of frogs. You're not sure. Um, and and all all kinds of things. But no, he did mention. A casket once. But I don't, I don't, that was the last adventure he was on. That was, oh, yes. Um, they got, they took it from um, Foul Lord Vermain um, up, up in the north. Yeah, that guy. Brought it back, but it wasn't, it was just part of a treasure hoard. And they were, oh, I, oh, my memory's not so good. Um, and, uh, did they? Did they ever even open it? I'm not sure they ever even opened it. Uh, so who would know? Who would know? 
I don't know. I, he he did keep in touch with some of his old adventuring friends. Um, I think. Sorry, you were about to say. No, that's all right. Uh, well, ma'am, uh, do you think maybe uh, uh, another piece of the puzzle might be uh, whatever uh, they were going for when snatching your bag today? Um, mm. Do you by any chance recall what ex- what what specifically was in your bag? What were you carrying? Not- not very much, really. Um, all the thing, you know, a, a little money, some some correspondence. Um, <clears throat> Anything out of the ordinary that you would? Uh, I I don't think I hadn't. I wasn't. I hadn't. I just come straight from. I hadn't even done my shopping yet. Um, I oh, I don't know. I don't know. Um, I'm just. I'm confused by the whole thing. Dom used to organize everything. He was such a clever man. Is there ever is there was there anything special about the bag itself? Like is it no 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 that was just um, just an ordinary leather bag from the okay. uh, um, yeah. Um, well, someone it may not be the same people, but someone whoever took your bag obviously had some sort of uh, intention. I think behind besides just robbing you, it didn't look like a normal cut purse. They followed no. No, he was he was quite he was quite obvious about it. There was no subtlety there, no none of the art of the the gentleman rogue. Mm, she yeah, looks quite almost misty eyed in the moment, almost like oh, um, yes, Darkwing. And you would uh, you'd remember Darkwing was another one of um, the the adventuring troupe that Don Bloodaxe yes. was was part of. He was the he was the rogue. Uh, oh, haven't thought about him in ages. Does he live in the city still? I believe he does. Is there, I anyone, think he, is there so, anyone else in your in your husband's uh, old party uh, who would possibly know anything about this whole casket situation? Oh, maybe, maybe. There's, there were two of them settled in in the city. I think the others are dead. Um, there's there's uh, Farragon, Farragon Pitchweed. He's a professor of magic over at the university now. Um, Quite high powered, and then Darkwing. Um, what what did happen to him? He I th- he changed his name, and oh, I forget. Yeah, Rose no, I, I, <laughs> I saw his face at an event. He was standing up next to the prince. Um, what was going on? Oh, I forget. I forget. Um. So, but no, I think those are the those are the only two who are still around in the city. They might be able to help you if you could help me out with with this, even to just try and get my bag back. That would be an enormous relief. But mostly, any clue about what's happened to Dom and and where he might be, and if you could get him back safely, or enough information that we can put the authorities on it, that would be. I'd be so grateful. Well, Indeed. well, ma'am. I, uh, I should say, cups of tea have been served. And, yeah, um, of course, of course, of course. cake. Cake as well. Drink my tea uh, <laughs> charismatically. <laughs> <laughs> she seems quite quite taken with you, uh, you know, in a kind of nice young man kind of way. Well, 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 ma'am. Uh, my friend and I, uh, we hate to see something like this happen to to a good person like yourself. Um, and and we promise that we'll do anything we can uh, to help make this right. Oh, that's so very kind of you. I'm very grateful. Um, so yes, as I say, um, Farragon, Farragon up at the, 
he would have been there when they when they found the casket. He would remember okay. much more than I would. Well, I think what we'll do, uh, what do you think, Honmar? Do you think we should go talk to this Farragon guy next? Seems like that's I think that makes perfect sense. All right. Well, we'll uh, we'll get on that uh, first thing tomorrow morning. And, uh, well, actually, how late is it? Does it seem like we could get started? It's it's kind of the the sun is setting, um, but, you know, it's a big city. It's uh, things, you know, it doesn't close up at at six in the evening. Well, we'll see if we can talk to him tonight. Um, see uh, if uh, if he's available, uh, and if not, we'll get back to him right right away, first thing in the morning. But um, yeah, we excellent. Thank you, thank you so much. You're welcome. Well, okay, uh, so it's it's not that far to the to the university. I mean, particularly if you've got a horse. Um, yeah. Though I'm suspecting only one of you is on the horse. <laughs> well, let's let's t- let's talk this over on our on our way while we're tre- while we're uh, sure thing. We're traveling. So, what do you think, Hunmar? Is this some sort of old adventuring business? I mean, seems pretty clear to me. They're explicitly asking for this casket. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know much about like ancient relics, and you know, we, they're all kind of dwarven stories about uh, treasure and stuff like that. But uh, casket seems like it could be a magical. It could be something in it. Could be like a like a necromancy thing. I don't know. Well, I mean, their final fight was against the foul lord Falmain. Uh, yeah, I don't suppose the foul lord is in said casket. But... Um. Let's see if either of us knows anything about the Foul Lord Tremaine or Falmain or whatever his name was. Um, no, this is not. I mean, you might not have vaguely knowledge. heard of it. it was, yes, so it was some. It was somebody that uh, that Don Bloodaxe and his group really? beat. That's kind sure of, he was a foul. Him. He was foul, and he was a lord. Call him foul I, lord for some reason, but I yeah. repeat myself. I'm sure for some reason, but uh, yeah, I don't know anything <laughs> about that. That's uh, ancient uh, adventuring stuff. Uh, it's all the way above our pay grade, you know. They just they just uh, have money. They come back. <laughs> they come back for those things. When they come back, they come back with money, and they want to build nice houses and build nice so houses, hard. make statues. That's right, cool statues. <laughs> so good customers, uh, but uh, oh, yeah. maybe not always the most stable of individuals. Sometimes, <clears throat> you know, they things go wrong sometimes on adventures. People have bad memories, yeah. things like that. Five years ago was everything's a bit foggy, somewhat mm-hmm. after the plague. But yeah, I, I don't remember off the top of my head what they would be on the ledger if Dom bought a bunch of brick for that townhome, or if he had a statue built. I'd have to yeah. check the ledger back at hard to say. I mean, office. if it if it makes sense, yeah, I'm sure they're in the records someplace. But uh, mm-hmm. if if that matters, I don't know. We'll see what this uh we'll see what this Farragon guy has to say. Maybe he can put us on to a lead. And when you get to the, the gates of the university and um so comes out um and uh, looks at you and goes, Can I help? Uh yes, sir. Uh we are uh we're we're trying to we're trying to talk to uh Professor uh Farragon Pitchweed. Uh, are, you, are you now? What would be your business with the professor well, then? Well, well looks, sir. Uh, so there's we definitely are, nose in the air stuff going on here. Yes. Oh, of course. We're, we're coming on behalf of uh, 
uh, an old friend of his, or the wife of an old friend of his, uh, Ethel Bloodaxe, uh, Dom Bloodaxe. Apparently, they were friends way back. And, uh, well, Ethel had some... There's some... There's some. She's had some, is having some problems, and, um, well, she needs somebody, you know. She's she's kind of elderly. She, she asked us if we could come and, and talk to, to Professor Pitchweed and see if, if he could... I don't know, maybe mm-hmm. tell us some stuff that might might help her out. Uh, there's some stuff that she was wondering if he remembered. Hmm. And so she sends a juvenile dwarf and one of your lot along, do they? Does she? You see, it sounds like an unlikely tale to me. He looks, he's looking thoroughly dubious. Do you have a letter of introduction or anything like that? Any Any credentials, any bona fides? We get all well, sorts around here trying to bluff their way in. Valuable well, books in, in the university library. Well, books, I repeat myself, valuable books. Um, much knowledge here and scurrilous lots like you trying to blag their way in and nick it. I'll be bound. Well, even accepting the fact that the poor woman has been through a lot and did not think to get us a letter of introduction, I would remind you that the university has purchased quite a bit from the Stonecutter organization to build your university. We have done work here before. Ah, oh, oh, that, ah, yes, that Stonecutters, yes, ah. Um, Yeah, we were here just like last week, you know, repairing the the filigree archwork above the the portico over there. You you were, yes, and very, very nice it is too. Um, And I am Anmar Alden, I am the apprentice accountant for the Stonecutters. I believe I did work with, um, uh, what's that old uh, gentlewoman's name in uh, the accounting department? Oh, you mean uh, Pimba Hatter? Oh, yes, Him. of course. Yes. Oh, uh, yes, yes, of course. Yes, yes. Um, well, if, if, if Pim can vouch for, vouch for you, then I see no reason to detain you any further. By all means, I believe the professor is um, in the uh, the magic testing ranges at the oh, moment. Uh, ranges. And he gives you some rough rough directions. It's fairly straightforward. Thank uh, you very much, my good porter. You've been very helpful. I really appreciate it. Yeah, we really appreciate it. Um, uh, just a, a, a quick warning: the gates do close at <laughs> um, <clears throat> at moonrise. So, uh, oh, uh, how long do you, does that give us? Do you think? Um, it depends which moon you're talking about. But of tonight, that will give you about um, forty-five <laughs> minutes. Okay. Well, we'll make well, it quick. Yeah, we just we just gotta we just gotta basically talk to him real quick, see if he knows yes, some stuff. We'll be back shortly. Very yeah. well. Very well. Splendid. Um, okay, so you uh, follow his directions. It's, it's fairly straightforward. Um, you can tell where the magic testing ranges are because you can hear the muffled explosions. <laughs> Evidently, they're outdoor testing ranges. Um, there's a faint smell, smell of, of sulfur and phosphorus in the air. Um, so, yes, you, you arrive, and uh, there is the, <laughs> the, the professor who appears to be energetically strapping gems onto a, a what looks like a wand um, and every sort of pointing it down the range and firing off some kind of magical energy. Making uh, We will attempt to not, not surprise him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, professor, uh, Professor Pitchweed. Oh, yeah, yeah yes. Um, who, who, who might you be? You're, you're not one of 
Well, you're not my student. Uh, uh, no, no, sir. We're not. We're not students. Uh, my name is Jimmy Stonecutter. Uh, this is my friend uh, Unmar Alden. Uh, mm. We were sent by uh, Ethel Bloodaxe. Uh, oh, oh, Dom, Dom's other half. Oh, how is she? Right. Well, she's doing great, uh, but she's been having some trouble recently, uh, oh. and uh, she she was wondering. Um, well, it's a complicated situation. Um, she's been she's had some some misfortune. Uh, oh. Just today, somebody stole her uh, stole her uh, um, purse, mm-hmm. and she got this like sort of odd note uh, from someone, like you know, one of those threatening letter type things. And it said what was something they threatening her about? Well, they said they needed some kind of casket. Oh. And she didn't know what she was ta- what they were talking about. She thought it might have something to do with your old with Dom's old adventuring uh oh, right. friends. It's, and so she sent us to ask can't, if can't tell you about this. Well, that's the problem. Dom went missing five days ago. Oh well, yeah, why didn't you say so at this first of all? It's Okay, so let me get this straight. Dom's disappeared. Then there was a threatening letter, am I right? And then somebody attempts to steal her her bag, or steal, does steal her bag. Dom went missing and five days ago. The letter came two days ago, and then oh. the theft happened today. Right. Right, So yeah. this is not... Well, I can tell you I'm, I'm not a criminologist, but um, five days ago and two days ago, they've been trying to get the information out of Dom whatever it is, and for three days, and it's not worked. So they've decided to, to try other means uh, with this, this threatening letter. Um, what was it you said the, the letter said? Uh, it we need said, the casket, or you'll never the, see your husband again. The casket. More instructions to follow. The uh, casket? Um, she mentioned um, the foul Lord Falmain. Oh, that casket, that bloody thing. Do you know... We spent two months trying to get that open. We uh, simply could not. I mean, the, the, the main problem the main problem was that we could tell almost immediately, I could tell almost immediately, there's a powerful enchantment on it, that if we bro- opened it up in the way that it... Un- I'll start again. It's been a long day. Um, <laughs> if we attempted to open it in a way that it was not intended to be opened, the spell would simply incinerate the contents. And it would be so. We had to uh, try to get it. So we got the um, uh, finest locksmiths we could imagine. Darkwing had his, his, you know, put out the word to you know the, his finest safe crackers and lockpickers. Nothing at all. We tried to break the enchantment. That wasn't happening. We tried to take the casket apart by other means. So we talked to jewelers. No, absolutely nothing. We spent a fortune trying to get in there. Nothing at all. Eventually, Actually, Dom just said he'd take, he'd look after it, um, but uh, yeah, no idea, no idea what's in there at all. Well, um, you know what Don did with it because Ethel doesn't know what it, where it is or where it could be. That's what she's just like. She, no, she he, he just he just said he'd he'd take you know he would look after not that he would take care of it in the kind of he'd drop it in a river kind of way, uh, but yeah. he would look after it. Um, and Dom was a man who always kept things very close to him, close to his chest, in a very literal kind of way. So it probably could be quite close to wherever. Can you describe this casket so we would know? Oh, oh, clearly very valuable. Ornate, jeweled, about a, a foot and a half by eight inches by eight inches rounded top, 
inlaid um looked almost like a puzzle box looks like it might have been a puzzle box but we couldn't find the slightest way to open it um you know nothing slid nothing nothing you know transformed or anything like that it's just so like a treasure chest a nightmare of a thing yeah. yes. Eight, yes 18 by 8 by 8 and coffin like could you hear any bones or anything around like inside because that sounds more like an infant casket than a yeah, oh, I was oh, well, no, like I'm a, sorry. I, I don't mean like a coffin or anything like that. No, right, it's, it's right. simply it's a, a, a jeweled container for something of great value. Right. Uh, at least we assumed it was great value. It might have been empty. That would have been um, the foul lord's sense of humor very much. Um, but uh, yes, there was. I heard a report the other day that he's back. I thought we'd dealt with him, but he's back apparently, or is is. His awful followers are back, or something. Something's going on up the, up in the north. Um, I don't know if it's a, some kind of undead army. I think or something. That's, sure. they, that's how they have. They do. They keep coming back, right? They they do. Yes, difficult to kill the undead, or at least you uh, have to keep at it. Well, Jimmy and I are trying to help Ethel. Uh, yeah, find oh, anything we can, even just to find where Dom could be, but it sounds like, especially if the Foul Lord might be back, you and Darkwing might also be potentially in danger. That's, mm. fun, I guess. Yes, yes, that's, um, that's a good point. Um, I should, uh, should probably give the old chap a, drop the old chap a note. Um, are you going to see him? Uh, you know, we were hoping to, but, uh, Ethel doesn't know where he is. She said, she, she said he changed his name and everything. Yeah. Yes. Yes. You've probably. Uh, yes. He. He did. He's. Um. He. Okay. He's. Uh. Philanta uh, Gond. Uh, Gondrown. <laughs> these days. Now, this is a name you don't need to make a roll. He's. He's one of the town burgomasters. Oh, he's, really? Um, yes. Um, oh, he's, uh, he's gone into local government. That guy, he doesn't pay his bill. <laughs> <laughs> no, he doesn't. He has a tab. <laughs> Yeah, he commissioned a bunch of work from us uh, for uh, for a uh, 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 you know public works thing. Uh, mm. and it turned out that yeah, then he had this whole story about how the 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 contracts uh, hadn't been properly uh, filed and things were just uh, yeah I don't know. It's, my 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 parents were were pretty clear on on their take on it. Yes. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Well. Um... I, I'm, I'm terribly busy at the moment. I'm on a, I've been you know, need to finish up the, this this research. There's a conference in, oh, in a yeah, few weeks. Sure, or, right. or, you know, um, resonant frequencies of, of crystal types and, and uh-huh. I don't. I don't you, no, you wouldn't. You yeah, wouldn't. I would. No, no, um, if it's not a rock, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, rock, rocks of a sort. Um, but. Uh, yeah, so if if you could, I don't suppose he'd pop round and 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 it would be you know courteous to to let him know that there may be trouble brewing. Um, well, sure, yeah, we'll go take care of it. We'll go to we'll go let him know if he. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, could you? Would you be anxious to be able to give us kind of a letter of introduction or something? They, we actually kind of had a little bit of trouble getting in here because Ethel didn't like let us know oh. you're coming. So yes, oh, but I know, I know what. Tell you what, and he pulls a ring off one of his fingers, um, and he goes, "This, this came from the same treasure hoard. Um, this is, and you'll recognise it because we we had spent so long. Um, so I need this back. I know I've only just met you, but if you're a stone, oh, of course, of course. You know, it'll be you know you're trustworthy. Um, oh. Show this to him, 
and say that uh, I, I sent you and um, it's on, you know, business concerning Dom. Um, and he should he should let you feel Well, you. Well, again, uh, we're from the Stone Corridor organization. So should anything mm-hmm. happen, you can always talk with her. That's talk right. with his folks and our bosses. Yep. So well, if you can drop, drop right the back. ring round, drop drop the ring back tomorrow. Let me know. Yes, come back and tell me what he says. Yes. I'm very interested to know what he says. Yes, sir. Uh, and, and best regards and from me and all the rest of that. Oh, of course, do you think it's course, too late to go talk to him tonight? Is it some sort of thing we should do tomorrow morning? As well, no time like the present. And you're young; you probably don't need as much sleep as I do. So yes, you know, go on. <laughs> You'd be surprised, uh, but uh, no, we, we can handle it tonight. <laughs> Well, thank you. Well, thank you, sir. Uh, can we make a roll of some sort now to see whether we think this guy is is being straight with us? By all means, that would be that would be intelligence. All right. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know what to we make. We know of what we know. We know what we know. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, there was. Yeah. There there was something kind of almost enigmatic. He had that kind of thing that a lot of magic users I, do. Yeah. That they're kind of they're not really in this universe. It's kind of they're almost oh, that their mind somewhere else. You can never uh, tell. For all, his, for all his pleasantries and his conversation, you, he was not really engaged with you. You could tell the majority of his mind was working on the resident fre- resident frequencies of the crystals that he was busy strapping to his wands. Let's say, uh, I guess he doesn't care that much about his, his missing friend. Yeah, I was going to say, um, talking while we're at least a mile away from the university. Yeah. Um, yes. I don't I don't know what to get from Farragut. I don't have quite a read on him. Uh, I don't know. Wizards, you know, they're always... You can never tell. <sighs> you can. <laughs> I, he, he's definitely concerned. He's not like... Not unupset, but that's what it seemed he like. He certainly thinks that if they come for him, it seems like he'll be okay. But I mean, I feel like you know, if if you disappeared three weeks ago, I would, I would do what I could to find you. You know, well, like, also Ethel didn't come talking to Pitchweed, even though she knows where he was. I guess that's true. I mean, she didn't call him up three weeks I ago. Mean, but- they were a great adventuring party. They're heroes. You know how some of those types get. They're self-sufficient, and they yeah. think they can solve everything. I so. guess that's true. It just seems like... I mean, goodness knows we're about to talk to Philander. <laughs> <laughs> I never would have thought Philander was Philander. With a T, not a D. Philander. Philander. Yes. You know, uh, I would. <laughs> oh? Think about adventurers, you know, they, when they retire, sometimes, you know, they got to do something with their money, right? If they're not going to, you know, just buy yeah. a nice house and get married, some of I them. Suppose. Well, we'll see what he's like. We sure will. I've never actually like talked to him directly. I've just heard, I've just heard it. Oh, I mean, yeah, no, I haven't he's... either. We've mostly just interacted with his underlings for yeah. uh-huh. the statue project and all the other town projects and just uh. mm. well we're almost there let's, yeah, let's see what he has to say this is very much one of the nice areas of town this is big oh yeah their own you know their own plots large ornate gardens lots I of guess. topiary and statues <laughs> i guess he got <laughs> i guess he got an extra cut of the treasure maybe <laughs> 
if he's the rogue, he probably found some pieces for himself and just didn't add them to the That's pot. right. Yeah, never let the tre- the rogue go into the treasure room first. That's what, that's what they say. <laughs> never let the rogue go into politics. <laughs> um, so yeah, and it's it's a house. It it is it's getting dark now. Yeah, there's a couple of moons up in the in the sky so there's a reasonable amount of illumination it's not completely dark it's i do i have a little rant I, you know people um i was at one point going to do a game called dark and stormy night and people make jokes about the the phrase dark and stormy night because it's night mm-hmm. of course it's dark it's like yeah but <laughs> if the moon's up actually it's you yeah. there's usually enough light to be able to oh, see yeah. mm-hmm. if you know and people who've grown up in the countryside which i did know that and people who've lived in cities all their lives just assume that the night is the night um right and and it's not but anyway so medieval city um mm. this area actually has street lights magical street lights nice. um but they're not enormously bright um but as you approach the house you see a figure open the front door from the inside and not exactly walk out but kind of almost slide out <laughs> Um, and down the uh, <clears throat> down the path to there, very much keeping to the shadows. Um, and let's have an intelligence roll. Nice um, from each of you, please. Um, uh, I'm in the city. Uh, yeah, <laughs> actually, that is a good point. Um, I I will spend one of my points of push to succeed. Okay, automatic success. Um, He's wearing, the, uh, you don't know if it's the same guy, but he's wearing the same clothes that the person oh. earlier in the, in the day was. All right. Can we get out of sight to try to not be seen by him? Uh, that would be Dex. Also, you've got mm. a horse. So the answer is probably no, but we can try. No, no, you could hide behind the horse. Um, <laughs> or under um, the horse in the case of the dwarf. Um, I'm, yeah, I'm going to say no. No, realistically, okay. you can't. Oh, no. <laughs> Here we come right down. Yeah, no, we both try, but <laughs> yeah, it's that's that's not going to work. Um, that may, in fact, you know, a horse's hooves very audible. That may be why he's sticking to the shadows. Hmm. Uh, does he know that we've seen him? Um, you can't tell. There's not enough light to be able to tell that. All right. Can, can we keep it casual as though we haven't seen him? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he is that, now. He's now moving away down the street, not terribly fast. Kind of moving from shadow patch of shadow to patch of shadow. That's the guy who took the purse, I think. I mean, you know me. I I can't be stealthy. I can't really sneak up on him. I mean, if uh, you want to try, I can go into the house and see if Philanter is okay. Uh, sure. Yeah. I mean, he could have been. Okay, either Philander's in on it with this guy, or Philander's just been victimized by him. It's possible. Um, but yeah, th- there's. I, I'm not going to have a chance of being able to sneak up on this guy. You at least have a little bit better chance than me. Yeah, yeah I don't know. Barely. A little better. A little better. <laughs> I'll see what I can do. Um, I'll be careful. Yeah, be careful. Question uh, for the GM. <laughs> Are we are we presumed to be like uh, armed at all? Um. Oh, I didn't do anything about equipment, did I? Um. <coughs> um. I think the assumption would be no, because you're you're juveniles. Yeah, it makes sense. Right. Um, and you know, heroic adventurers, sure, but that's not that's not you. You're no, just that makes perfect sense. 
Yep. That's kind of what I figured. I wanted to ask, though. Mm-hmm. Um, Not intending to split the party, but I do need to step away for a second. So sure. if you want to go with Jimmy while we do the chase, I'll be right back. That makes sense. Okay. All right. I will. Uh, Jimmy, what are you doing? It's going to be rough. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to try to follow. I do have some pushes here. So I might. Okay. Dex is my low stat at 11. Yeah. Uh, but I am going to. Uh, I'm going to try to tail him. I'm going to try to keep him in sight. Uh, okay. And, uh, and shadow him. He's probably way better cool. at this than I am. <laughs> but it's he's good at this. You know, I'm not going to say he's. You know, you don't get the impression that he's. This is his natural thing. But clearly, look like he's a pro. But yeah, but he's doing a reasonably good job Ooh. of. He's not remaining unseen, but he's inconspicuous. Yeah. Um, you know, if if you weren't actively following him, you were just walking by. There's a good yeah, chance yeah. that if he was in the shadows, you wouldn't actually see him. Nice. Um, but he's not um the the sound of the horse has stopped, faded away. Mm-hmm. It he's not looking back so That's far good. as you can tell. Uh so he's unaware that he's being followed. Nice. So I make a successful dex check. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna try to keep keep him in sight. I'm not trying to approach him. I want to see where he goes if I can. Okay. Um, um, is, he, is he leaving the neighborhood? He is leaving the neighborhood. Does um, he look? He, does Does he look like he's holding anything, or does he have like have anything in his possession? Um, it's possible that he's got something under his cloak or in a uh, a belt pouch, but he's not carrying anything large. Gotcha. Um, and again, you can't tell if he's if he's armed or not. He's not got anything conspicuous like a bow or a long a large sword, mm-hmm. um, but he might well have a, a, a knife or you know something. I would, <laughs> but, I, I would bet on him having something if I were yeah. betting. Uh, yeah. well, um, he's heading he's heading south um, towards um, and eastwards um, to. Oh, it appears the dog was correct. There are foxes around the garden. Uh, this makes it sound like I'm in the middle of a country estate. I'm not. We have a <laughs> postage stamp sized garden in South London. Um, but it, it just fences, and um, we know there are foxes around. But a fox just ran across the garden. I don't know what American cities are like. British cities, London in particular, just full of urban foxes these days. So mm. many of them. Well, we have foxes. I'm, We've had some foxes in my city. I've seen him. Mm-hmm. Seen him on mornings. Cool. Um, yeah, well, anyway, I, live, I live right next to a giant park, though. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, medieval cities. I have no idea if there were foxes in medieval cities. Um, anyway, uh, so he's heading more or less kind of south and east down towards the river and the docks. Um, do you just keep mm-hmm. following him? I'm going to keep following him until something happens. Basically, okay. Um, <laughs> in one of the alleys. Not not right by the docks, but a, a couple of streets back from the docks. This is quite a, a fairly run-down area. Um, low rent, literal, literally low rent. Uh, the house is not terribly well-maintained. He goes to a house um, on, on the street, gives a distinctive rap on the door. It's three raps, then two. Mm. Um, a moment later, the door is opened, and he disappears inside. Ooh, okay. That's 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 pretty good. Um, are there any windows uh, or any ways that I could potentially try to snoop in this house? There are windows. They are shuttered. There are wooden shutters across them. Uh, so you might be able to hear something, um, but you couldn't see in. 
I'm going to try to do that. I'm going to try to get really close to one of these windows and see if I can hear. Okay. It's... D&D was always rubbish for this. What do you use for hearing? What stat do you use for, for hearing? And I guess it, wisdom. <laughs> I'll, I'll go with wisdom, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, none of them kind of feel quite intuitive for you. Yeah, it. exactly. So I can define that a bit better. Maybe maybe derived stats from from a couple of things for, for sense checks. Or perception, yeah. Um, I mean, I, I think... I think and at least in in new editions of D anD D, I think it's I think perception is like a wisdom skill, but that's like everything. I think like, you're right. Yeah. Um, it's, I mean, the, the the other thing I'm going to be mechanically when I get this thing in, into shape, and the intention is to is to publish it, mm-hmm. um, is I'm going to be borrowing heavily from Gumshoe, the Gumshoe yeah. system, uh, which is. But I'm, I'm a huge fan of Robin Law's work, mm-hmm. and. Um, I think it's just for detective stuff and this kind of sleuthing. Oh, it yeah. works so well. Just the general assumption that if there's a clue in the room and you say you're looking for it, you will find it. Yeah, exactly. so much more sense than skill checks. <laughs> you're like, no, sorry, you have no idea what's going on. Yes, <laughs> and so I, remember, I remember. I remember in the early days, you know, it's um, trying to put. You know, we knew there was a secret door. None of us could make our roll to find the secret door. <laughs> Do how does the adventure progress from this part? We're just gonna we're just gonna bash on the walls until something happens. <laughs> we're not gonna go anywhere, DM, until yeah. <laughs> until the plot happens. <laughs> yes, I mean that was this was the early eighties. It was yeah. you know the D- DMs ran it by the book at that point. Uh-huh. So, yeah, there was no sense of you know oh, I'll let you have this one just to move on. Um, anyway, um, so yes, you you listen, uh, you can hear muffled conversation. Um, in a language you do not recognize. Ooh, okay. It's it's slightly guttural. It's slightly at hard consonants. Um, you don't recognize it. You would recognize it if you heard it again. Okay. Actually, I'm gonna, what do I mean? You don't no, make a, a that would be an intelligence check to see if you do recognize it. Oh yeah, that's a good idea. Oh yeah, I make that. Yeah, yeah, you do. Okay, it's um, it's a it's a tongue you've heard before. It's from the actually make another intelligence check to see if you can under, understand it at all. Ooh. Oops, that's all. Why not? Uh, all right, I followed the thief to a house down by the docks. He went into it, gave like a he he gave like a special secret knock. They let him in, and I am I am uh, crouched down by the window trying to understand conversations in a mysterious foreign language and oh. failing to understand <laughs> the actual things. But I do recognize the language. Okay. Uh no. You yes. Um, you don't understand the language, um, but you recognize it. It's one of the northern tongues. Mm. Talking in a northern language. Well, um, this this is probably their hideout. Um, I don't want to try to solo this. So uh, at this point, I think right. I am going to return back to uh, back to where where I left uh, Hunmar in the street. Okay. Splendid. Okay, it's you know it's it's. A large city by medieval terms, which means by our terms, it's not really, you know, it's not vast. 
probably take you about 10, 15 minutes to, to yeah. walk back. Dwarves can jog, uh, really. <laughs> <laughs> you have a pretty good constitution. As yeah, that, cool. yes. that thing Gimli said about, like, <laughs> it's the opposite of that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, again, Halmar is good for, like, short bursts, but that is going to annihilate his ability to do anything else. <laughs> Okay. Well, you've just been kind of sitting on your horse outside. Um, um, uh, I, I would, I would go in and at least try knocking on the door. Okay. Uh, so you, you go, okay. Do you have the ring? Do you or Jimmy have the ring? I, I, um, think, I think it makes sense for you to have the ring. Yeah. It, um, we would have passed it before you left. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Uh, okay. Um, it's uh, obviously you, you, there is a space to tie your horse by the, the gate. Um, and uh, it's then, you know, stone flagging up to steps up to a large ornate oaken door uh, with a big brass knocker on it. I will at least act like everything is normal and I will try knocking on the door. Okay. Maybe the thief uh, got out thiefed. Um, there's a pause. Rogue got out. There's a pause for a, a few seconds, and the door opens, and a liveried footman stands there um, and is, uh, says, Who is? And then as his eyes adjust, goes, What do you want? Hello? Hello, Greg. I think you're muted. Um, I'm here to see uh, Philanter. I'm here on behalf of Professor Pitchweed. Um, and then mm. I will show um, he provided one of his rings as a token of uh, introduction. And I will bear the ring. If you've um, you got, you're bringing a, brought a message, give, give me the message. I'll take it to him. He's at uh, dinner. Unfortunately, I need to talk to Philanter personally. It's a serious endeavor. Um, no. I can't really switch between no. hands. You wait here. Give me the ring. I'll see what he says. He takes the ring. He closes the yeah. door. Okay. Um, there is then an uncomfortably long wait. Uh, I mean, it feels uncomfortably long. When the door opens and um, uh, the footman ushers you in, inside and there standing... Um, uh, in the hallway with a bib around or a napkin around his neck because he's clearly been dining and it has sauce stains on it uh, is a rather portly half-elf. Um, and uh, he looks at you and he goes, what are you? I am Hanmar Alden, good sir. I work for uh, the Stonecutter organization. Is this about that? Is this, that, is this about your bloody in? Are you interrupting my dinner for about your bloody invoices? You've got no. a nerve. What are you bringing this ring to me? Is it a full procedure? I, I will deal with this, and I will deal with you and your organ in the morning. Ah. I would, of course, not disturb you for your supper for your invoices. That is during business hours. This is about Dom. What about Dom? He's gone missing five days ago. Oh, that's not good. That's, that, it oh, isn't. I'm sorry that's to why hear that. I needed to talk to you personally. Right, right. You can see he's got the ring in his hand. He's kind of he's rolling it from hand to hand. 
<laughs> almost. Um, right. So, Dom's missing. You've told Philanta. Uh, how's Ethel? Uh, Ethel has been beside herself, and beyond that, she had a letter slipped under her door two mm. days ago um, that they want the casket. The casket. Oh, oh this is okay. And uh, myself and my associate, Jimmy Stonecutter of the Stonecutter organization, mm. uh, came into all of this because a thief stole her purse in the middle of broad daylight. Oh, this marketplace. That's very bad. This is very bad indeed. Oh. Can I attempt a charisma check? Uh, um, yes, of course. Yes. Obviously, e- even if I fail, I know what I know. But um, yeah. it seems like if the thief just stole from him, he got outwitted by <laughs> yeah. this thief. And it seems clear that um, they didn't interrupt supper or anything. Uh, 14, I fail, so I know what I know. But um, this okay. seems like an awfully strange tableau. Yes, yes. It, it, you, he's, you do get a sense he's being cagey here, that he's not, you know, this is not like um, uh, the professor. He's not just opening up and, and being garrulous. He's, he's, you know, he's not, he's thinking. He's thinking hard. Um, he goes, ah, oh, okay. So, and they want a casket, you say? Yes. Mm, mm. I assume you would know about it. Is oh oh is this that from the last job we did, the one we couldn't open? Is it that? Did they say it was that? It's the only one I can. I don't know. I don't know. Dom had it. I've not seen it since then. I don't know. We tried so hard to get that thing open. Oh, um. Dom, what the other reason why I wanted to talk to you personally, and no offense, not through your footman, is again, Dom went missing five days ago, and they took Dom. Um, there seems every reason to believe when the professor might be in potential danger. That's quite possible. Well, Dom was always, he, there was a foolhardy element to him. Uh, the professor, I mean, the university, they've got, you know, wards everywhere their security is is very strong and as for me um i changed my name didn't i it's i'm you know i don't think there's many associates me with that with you know with the old days um and this is not to go any further if this starts going around the 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 august burgomar man um burgomaster is is the former rogue of um on Blood Axe's party, I will track you down and I will have your innards. Do you understand me? Because this know, is, you know, that would be the end of my political career. Oh, you know, Jimmy and I, we are reputable young men. Of course, we would not do such I'm a thing. I'm very glad to hear that because, you know, I'm saying, I'm saying, you don't mess with me, but you play cards right with me. There's always openings, there's always opportunities for smart young people, you know, who want to get ahead. And you know, you know what's what. You know what I'm saying. Certainly. So, so um, Dom's missing. They want the casket. I'm gonna. I don't. I don't know what Dom did with the casket. But let, what I will say is, it's no got no intrinsic value to us. We don't know what's in it. We do know that if we force it, if we were going to force it, it would fry the innards. Correct. That's what so, the professor said. 
Yeah, I mean, he's he tried everything. I tried everything. Did me nut. Did me nutty. Um, so I'd say if they send instructions, if it's going to get Don back safe, just give him the bloody casket. If you can find it, if you can track it down, um, Ethel must keep asking Ethel. Ethel knows something. She's she says she keeps saying that she's she's you know old and frail and, and and dim and all the rest of that. She was a looker back in the day. I can tell you that's why Dom Dom married her in a heartbeat. Oh. I, would, I would have done it given the the opportunity, but no, she had eyes for him and his money. Um, hmm. Always free with the gold. Dom was. Um, but yeah, if she'll know something, she's smarter than she looks. Um, she'll know oh, where it yeah. is. Um, uh, just you know, keep keep on with the questions. Just be don't don't nothing too hard. Just be gentle. She seems to. I'm guessing she likes you. I'm guessing she trusts you. So you know, be gentle. Find out where the casket is. They'll send some instructions. It's all, these people. They just want one thing. They don't want to hurt anyone. They just want what they want. That's my that's my advice. Keep me in the loop, all right? Oh, of course, of course. Let me know what's what's going on. Um, we do have a description of the people that um, traveled oh. in the purse. It was young man, uh, masculine presenting at least in mm. jerkin uh, robes that kind of almost had like a priestly cut. Mm-hmm. Further explaining the colors. Yes. And- yeah. Anything else? Um, are you familiar with that? Do you think does that sound like the garb of the foul lords? Or? Oh, that doesn't doesn't ring any bell. I mean, when we went up against the foul lords, it was all ghouls and and zombies, mostly. No no uniforms involved. Um, he did have a cult. There was a bit of a cult going on around him, I'm but we know. never came up against them. Um, we just went in and, and done his tower. Okay. Um, so no, no, doesn't, doesn't ring any bells, I'm afraid. Um, uh, but again, I'll, I'll keep my ear to the ground. I've got my networks. I'll, if I hear anything, I'll, I'll let you know. Absolutely. Well, um, do you enjoy the rest of your supper and do take oh, care? Thank you. So, thank you so much. It's, it's, um, roast, roast guinea fowl. Oh, Perfect. quite lovely. Perfectly done. Just hung just so juniper berries as well. Uh, oh, I see the juniper. Uh, but yes, still rolling uh, the ring from hand to hand. He goes to put it in his pocket. Um, the professor actually requested that we return the ring to him. Oh, I'm so. What am I thinking? What am I thinking? And he hands no, it. No, it's all right. A great show. You, you know, Professor Pritchard. I, I, I run. Uh, it runs the risk that he might test his jewels on us if we don't return it to him. I'm, yes, you don't want to. If he asks you, if he ever, if he ever asks you to uh, to take part in any of his experiments, smile politely and run. Is my advice. Just run as oh. fast as your legs will carry you. Oh, believe me, they won't get me far, but I'll do my best. Uh, thank you. No, no, no. Thank you so much for the information. As I say, I, if I hear anything, I'll pass it to the professor. Absolutely. Um, I will make my leave and wait for Jimmy. Okay. Uh, you come outside. Uh, there's a parking ticket on your horse. <laughs> and, uh, and Jimmy arrives a couple of minutes later. <sighs> I've been jogging all the way up. I I think I found, I might have found their hideout. Oh really? Yeah, uh it's a it's a house down by the uh down by the docks. Uh I saw I, tra- let, I tracked uh, them let, all the way let, there. Let, let, let's 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 walk and talk while we go there, okay? 
Yeah. Do you think we should just go straight there? Uh, let's at least get away for a bit. Yeah. Okay. Hey, how'd things go with the old old Nighthawk uh, or whatever you want to call him? He seems okay. He seems okay. Uh, once mm-hmm. we are at a f- safe enough distance, it seems. Mm-hmm. I'm not quite sure what I read on him. Um, the thief was a thief. Um, he somehow either Philanterous in on it and didn't say anything to me or the thief managed to get past him blind. Uh, Philanter was at supper, apparently. Um, he, well, he had a footman who was not reacting as if a thief had been in the house. Does he look like he still has his old chops, do you think? I mean, you... it's difficult to tell. Um, he has certainly quite put on quite a few pounds since the last mission, but just because he's of a size doesn't mean he still has his skill or his athleticism. That's a good point. But, I mean, and if he's in on it with somebody, oh man, it's not that's impossible. A good I, it was hard for me to get a read on him. I, mean, I, I recognized. So I, I, I eavesdropped a little, and uh, I heard them talking. I couldn't understand their language, but it's one of the northern languages. Okay. So, like, maybe those are guys from the Foul Lord's cult. Could be. Um, Philanter said they never personally dealt with his cult, but the Fowler did have a cult. Yeah, so there's guys. Just, okay, I can't. I I couldn't get a read on him. I can't say for certain, but it just strikes me as odd as an experienced rogue such as Darkwing, even if out of practice, would not notice a thief in his own home. Yeah. Do you think? Uh... Did he say anything about the casket or where it might be? He has no idea. Um, that was another thing that gave me a bit of pause. Um, he said to just keep um, not pressing as in like force or needling or cruelly, but um, keep pressing Ethel to see if she can um, remember hmm. any clues. Uh, he also had a Vegas side about how he used to be interested in Ethel, but Ethel clearly chose Dom. Another thing that, like, hmm. I, I'm not saying Philanter's in on it, but I have concern. If he were in on it, then it would make sense for him to try to encourage us to get Ethel to figure out where the chest was or tell us exactly. Because the then, if we told, if we found it. But I mean, here's the thing, like, who cares if we give them the chest, right? Like, what's the worst that could happen if we give them the chest? <laughs> he, relayed the, he relayed the same information. They tried every possible means through the seven hells to try to get the casket open, and they certainly yeah. couldn't. So here's what I feel like is most likely to be what's going on in the kidnappers' heads, right? They want this casket. They want this casket because they know something about the casket that the rest of us don't. Like, nobody else would care about this casket unless they knew what it did. Like, what was inside it, how to get it open. And they care a lot about it. So they've got to know that sort of thing. That's why they want the casket. And that's why they're willing to ki- to, to kidnap the guy to get it. That means this casket's got to be really valuable to them. 
Can I remind you on? I'm going to jump in here. Um, Of course. The push rule: if you want to go, I know who'd know about an ancient casket belonging to a foul lord. So at such and such, and you can create this character who's someone that you know, and you can go and talk to them. Oh yeah, that's a good idea. Say, (laughs) I know somebody (laughs) who knows about ancient caskets. Uh, you know, dwarves have a have a long tradition of like uh of like secured uh you know magical boxes and stuff. <laughs> it's kind of a thing. Uh, so we could go talk. You could we could go talk to uh my uncle. Um, my uncle uh uh Blackbeard. You you want us to talk to your great uncle Blackbeard? I mean, he's not that bad a guy. Um, we have to talk to your great uncle Blackbeard. Uh, look, maybe I should go talk to my great uncle Blackbeard. <laughs> maybe you should. Uh, man, but like, what could you do at the same time? We need to cover some ground. Like, like time's wasted. Well, I know where their house is. So maybe they're keeping him there. We can just bust in there and I don't know. Maybe we can't bust in there and get him, but no, somebody could bust in there and get him. That's where he is. Well, I know a guy. Um, somebody who works in the. Um, uh, what's the best way to describe it? Um, there, there's that. Older Knoll woman who works in the city's um, historical record society. Mm. Um, she has to have known um, Dom and the Professor and Darkwing throughout their adventures. If we had maybe a bit of context and maybe a bit more insight into them personally, like maybe I can get a bit of a read from um, Doris on if she trusts. Darkwing slash Philanter. Oh, that's a good uh, idea. Clearly, Philanter wants to keep his former alter ego in the past, so I'll only be speaking in terms of Darkwing to her. But mm. Um, mm. I like that idea. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll go okay, talk to my context. You talk to your uncle. Um, why don't we meet back at um, Dinkley's in the morning for some breakfast? That sounds like uh, a good idea going over our future plans. All right. Plan made. (laughs) For various grunts and and approving noises I was making during that, I assume I was playing the horse. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. So I guess we spend pushes here, right? So I will spend a wisdom push to know of Doris. Mm -hmm. I think I should probably spend a charisma push here. Um, yes, I think that yes, that would be charisma. Actually, no. This is this is an int push because I'm looking for int based information. I feel like right in that case, yeah. In that case, yeah, I'll I'll actually make that one of my charisma spends. Okay, because I'm asking her. You're asking about the people. Yeah, that makes sense. So, like the kind of help you're looking for, uh, that's Mm -hmm. the kind of push you spend. Maybe that makes sense. Okay. Okay, which who wants to go first? Uh, I can go first. Sure. 
All right. Yeah. So my uncle uh, Blackbeard uh, mm-hmm. is a dwarven uh, metal craftsman. Um, you know, gold goldsmith and such. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. He's uh, got a he's got a really nice uh, uh, workshop. He's way more prosperous than my family is, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, does not share share his uh, good fortune with uh, his any family. Um, and, uh, he's not the, he's not the most pleasant guy. Uh, he definitely does not like orcs, which is why we don't, we don't, uh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Why I did not want to go. Yeah. He's very traditionalist. He's very, uh, he's not, he's not super pleasant to talk to. Uh, but I mean, I am his kin, so he's not gonna, he's not gonna shut the door on me. Uh, and he definitely is the sort of person who would know he would be an expert on like magical boxes and caskets and stuff brilliant okay um he lives in the in the jewelry quarter specifically on the, mm-hmm. there's a road of goldsmiths um, Weird. they are um quite careful to you know they're, they're, they're fairly secretive um again you were aware that there are magical wards as well as physical bodyguards and all the buildings are strongly built they're reinforced with you know this iron work within the stonework um and you know, to the extent that uh, the the water outflow is very, very carefully filtered, so the slightest trace of gold does not leave the building. Mm. Um, they are very, very protective people. Um, so yes, as you can imagine, this time of night, it's mostly secured. The the shops, shop fronts are, uh, and the warehouses, workshops rather, not warehouses, are you know locked up and and, and barred, and there are. Um, armed guards basically patrolling up and down the street mm-hmm. um they as you as you approach you're a dwarf most of the people here who work here are dwarfs so they don't look as you at you as askance as they might at many mm-hmm. um, but there's still a, a sense of they're not going to stop you they're not that kind of guard um but they are keeping a very very careful eye on who you are and where you're going Yes, well, I will go straight, uh, making no trouble, <laughs> go straight mm-hmm. to the door of my uh, Uncle Blackbeard's workshop mm-hmm. and uh, knock respectfully on it. Okay. Well, the first thing you hear after the knock is is a baby crying. Um, and uh, and then uh, a woman's voice and then a man's voice or a dwarf's voice. Going, you, uh, basically, who's woken the baby? Uh, the gist of it, I will. I'll paraphrase: Is who's woken the baby at this time of night? I don't know. Why don't you go and see and get them to go away? Uh, there are heavy footsteps on the on stairs. Thud, 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 thud. The door swings open. Um, it is your uncle. He goes, "What?" Uh, hi, uncle. Uh, it's Jimmy. Uh, hi, Jimmy. What do you want? Uh, I. I'm really sorry to bother you this late at night. It's uh, no, you're not. If you were sorry, you wouldn't have come. I wish I could have not come, but uh, the thing I'm dealing with right now is really time sensitive. Mm-hmm. Uh, You've become there's... a watchmaker, a learned and honest trade. Good, you, good, raising yourself out of that stonesmith nonsense. Um, magical. I'm glad, to, I'm glad to, he makes to close the door. Uh, it's a matter of magical caskets, and there might be significant. The door amounts. swings back open. Of treasure involved. Come in. Come in. Dolores, it's Jimmy. Yes, that Jimmy. Hello, Dolores. (laughs) She's busy. (laughs) Um, 
there are a small a small dwarf children run around <laughs> apparently it was bedtime you have oh. interrupted bedtime hi i'm oh, just gonna be like super nice to the kids <laughs> it's, uh, the, the kid's gonna one of them stops and looks at you with his finger gonna, wedged halfway up his nose i'm gonna be super i'm gonna be super friendly to them because uh that's <laughs> that's my character role i'm just like dad, <laughs> dad is this one of our poor relatives <laughs> yeah i'm jimmy there it is i'm jimmy stonecutter uh yeah i'm your cousin i've heard uh, of you you're poor yeah i am for the time being but <laughs> we'll see how long that lasts you know okay. yeah he loses interest in you and runs away <laughs> oh kids <laughs> yeah well let's speak the truth so magical caskets is it yeah so the about this is yeah so uh Magical, magical casket. So there's this particular casket that has become relevant to me. You see, um, it was uh, some adventurers found it uh, maybe five, ten years ago uh, mm-hmm. up north with the uh, the Dreadlord or whatever he is. Oh, the Dreadlord. Yes. Lord. Foul Lord. <laughs> Foul Lord Falmine. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh- that that so, slaps, slaps his head, quaffs from a large goblet of. Um, you're not quite sure what's in it because he, he hasn't offered you one. Okay. Um, quite conspicuously, not offered you any hospitality, which is very undwarven. But you know, um, oh. it's it's your uncle. Mm-hmm. So yes, oh, I remember the talk about that when it came in. Would they turn to the dwarves? Would they come to us to talk about it? No. No, they were, oh, no, we know better. We're humans. We Human magic, human locksmiths. Um, yeah. Don't know what happened. Well, uh, I mean, so it's come up again, and they don't know where it is, but they think they found somebody who knows how to open it. Ooh. Uh, oh. So, I mean, I know they never, you never got to look at it. Did, did, you, did you ever see it? Like, just even... No. No, I heard a heard a description. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's it's probably from the description. Um, I'm guessing you're probably talking about last millennium, previous millennium workmanship on on that. Um, you know, not not dwarven, but taught by the dwarves. Yeah. Um, and it's you know it's a protective thing, and you need a, a magician involved as well who cast the wards on it. Sure. But, it's it's not as simple as finding the key and putting the key in. Um, it's uh, it'll be a multi-stage open, yeah. um, possibly with a combination. Though last millennium they weren't so much in favour as that as a multi-key system, possibly with a magical key. So what you're looking for is your base key, which mm-hmm. um, will fit somewhere on the outside of the box, and you slot that in, and that will likely reveal something within the box which will give you an indication of where the second key needs to go. Um, and these- that's likely to be involved. It's not going to be a physical object that you simply slot in. It's going to be, there'll be more to it than that. And everyone's unique. They're all different. Are they- but these- you bring it to an expert, like someone like me, you say, or, or Philbert or, or uh, Duringo, one of us, give it to us for a day or two, We'll sort it out. It's not, you know, there's a limited number, a finite number of options. You know, Dwarves of the Last Millennium, brilliant craftsman, but not that much imagination going on. Though so he's just, he's away. 
He's just yeah. talking now. This is <laughs> you've got him on a pet subject. He's yeah. slightly drunk. He does not want to help with putting his children to bed. He's just <laughs> talking at you, basically. These keys, uh, these keys though, are these keys yeah. the sort of thing you could like uh, fake, like you could make uh, copies of, or you have to have the original. Almost certainly need to have the original. Um, it it depends. It's on a box by box basis, but it won't look like a key. Um, is the main thing. Your primary key will not look like a key because that's too obvious. Um, so you just it won't look like a key. Um, <clears throat> sometimes proximity is enough. Sometimes you just need to wave the thing nearby. And like I say, magicians involved all kinds of spells. Um, some you know some clever stuff. I'm not I'm not doing them down. I'm not doing them clever stuff. Um, so. And Another... the second one will be something you'll, you might even just get the instructions for how to make the key, but it'll be something that will require a particular skill set. Yeah. So next, so so you'd need somebody who who had the right skills, including magic, mm. and you'd need the and you need the the right key to start it off with. Another question. So like, yeah, the people I'm talking to, they say they're not sure where this where the where this box ended up. Is there anything special about like how you hide these things or like, can they be, is there something magical about that? Or is it just, it's nope. just gotta be somewhere. No, if it, if it detected magic, that would defeat the point. It would be obvious oh. that, you know, if something detects magic goes, Oh, look at me. I'm valuable. Um, and this don't, you know, it's, you, it wants to just be a thing that you can hide and that's going to stay hidden. Cause hmm. you know, that's, that's the point. That's the point of the thing. Right, um, so it could so, just be, but it's got to just be hidden in, you know, if it's if it's in your house someplace, you just got to have stashed it in the wall or something. It's not like a special, you don't, not a pocket yeah. dimension or something. Super no, 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 like no, 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 you could do, but then again, because it's got all these magical wards on it, you you hide it somewhere magical. You are in risk of setting some of those off. Uh, okay, um, because the magic can degrade over time, mm-hmm. and we are talking thousand year old spells. So okay. You know, you have to be careful, you know. Okay. So, you know, don't don't try and prize it open with your hands, is what I'm saying. Use someone else someone else's hands. <laughs> like that orc boy you run around with. Get him to open it. You know, he's a good guy. You should never any anyway, well I've I feel like I've taken up enough of your time, Uncle. Thank you so much. You've been super duper helpful. I will uh, I, I will let you know if you if we end up with this box, uh, I, I you I'd, may, I'd you love may, to take a look at it. Yeah. You may get the job, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. No, that'd well, be great. That'd well, be lovely. Thank you. Thank Love you. to see you. Um, best to your dad, yeah, I suppose. Night. Good night. Good night. Bye, kids. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they pay no attention. Okay. All right, MC. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, um, and and meanwhile, we're of meanwhile in the archives. Well, the archives will be closed because it's. It's it's night, you know. It, it's it's nine ten o'clock at night. Um, of course, of course. You could attempt to to track this archivist down to uh, her her home address. I think you said her. Yes, um, uh, Phyllis a knoll. Uh, yes. Yeah, I will head to her home. Okay, I'm assuming you know her reasonably well if you know where she lives. But, uh, Probably yes. Okay. I feel Fine. like maybe an old acquaintance of my folks. Yeah. That would uh, that would fit. I mean, you you tell me it's it's you know you you've spent the point of push. Yes, uh, yeah, she knew my parents. Um, so one of the vast network of probably it takes a village that helped. Um, yes, Honmar in some way after his mm-hmm. 
illness, but yeah. um, we probably haven't spoken in a while. Okay. Uh, so yes, it's um, it's a small street, um, well kept houses, quite you know fairly old, not recent built from the older days of the of the city, um, part of the old town. Um, uh, there's a again the windows are shuttered this time of night, but you can just see a light behind. Uh, yeah, I will hitch Snowy and knock on her door. Okay. Takes a little while for the door to be answered. Um, and it swings, it opens just a crack, and uh, an eye peers through. It goes, Who is it? Uh, Phyllis, it's Hanmar. Hanmar! It's what an extraordinary time to come visiting. Um, do come in, do come in. It is, I, thank I, you. This, this must be serious. What? What's uh, the matter? It is, it is. Uh, after we sit down, because both of us need it. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, it's about the adventuring party. Um, I got roped in with some stuff involving um, Dom Blood Axe. Oh, oh yes. So I, I know I you once. would know a lot more about them when they were active mm. than anybody else in town would. So. I I had to file yes some of their some of their what was it now um yes planning reports I I, I felt planning requests um and I didn't deal with their taxes but I remember having a lovely tea with the lady who did um and yes uh how can I what 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 do you need to know. I mean, I think I think most of them are still alive, so I'm I'm slightly bound by professional confidentiality. Oh, of course, of course, of course. Um, do Do you have any information on their final adventuring uh, planning, or uh, anything they brought back, and um, mm. even even not? Obviously, you can't tell me anything secret or hidden but you can tell me your opinion of the three of the three who still are alive Dom and Darkwing and the Professor now I don't believe I ever met Darkwing Um, Dom a big big man very charismatic you know if you were um, if you were in a room with him your attention went straight to him but quite caustic quite, quite rough quite rough around the edges Professor, absolutely brilliant. Um, still don't understand why he went off adventuring because he's you know, very much he's a pillar, pillar of the university these days. Absolutely, so you know, so highly regarded. His students speak so well of him. Um, and uh, but no, don't didn't know, never knew Darkwing. Um, but um, planning for their adventures, uh, I'm. I could, I could see. I think the statute of limitations on the permits would probably have passed. I could check the permits, and I could check the um, the reports of the treasure that they brought back, or I could get someone to do that. It would have to wait till the morning. That would be fine. Just realised I'm sounding like Michael Gambon, which was not my intention. It's, uh, <laughs> at least I am to my ears. Um, anyway. Uh, uh, so, uh, did you ever uh, run in circles with um, Dom's wife, Ethel? Ethel? Um, no, I don't 
don't think I did. Uh, I mean, I know her by reputation. She was a great beauty. Um, quite, quite not avaricious, but wanted to get ahead and, and did, you know, married, married Dom did very well. They were, you know, for a while, the, um, the kind of the, the light of the, the city social scene. But I think, I think, you know, they just, Dom decided he just wanted a quiet life. Um, in the end, you know, just settle down, you know, um, didn't have any kids. It was a shame. Um, but, uh, no, 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 nothing, no, nothing really. No, no great gossip. Okay. Um, yeah, if you could get me those records in the morning, I would greatly appreciate it. I'll, I'll do that. I'll do that. Um, is there anything I can do to help you while I'm here this evening? Oh, no, no. I'm just, I'm just going over some, uh, <clears throat> Excuse me. Some uh, some old some old family records. That's all. Oh, and you can see she's got papers, kind of you know, family tree stuff, and genealogy strewn over the tables. <laughs> it well, looks like a pastime. Well, I'll leave you to your. Uh, it's lovely to see you. Come back, come back a, a little earlier next time. A little notice oh, course, would be nice. Course. I could, you know, maybe you know, have dinner and catch up with with your Absolutely, news. absolutely. Thank you very much, Phyllis. And with that, oh, I'll head back. You have a good night. Thank you. And with that, I'll head back to my um, apartment for the night, and we'll meet in the morning. Mm-hmm. Okay. But Splendid. before I go to meet in the morning, I will swing by the Historical Society and grab the records. And I'll okay. swing by City Hall, and I'll pay my ticket. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, okay. Uh, so that's all. That's all good. You're all square. Uh, so you meet at at Dinkley's. Dinkley's does a very fine breakfast. Um, ah, so uh, most important meal of the day. The, the full elven breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> that's for yes, leaven bread. No, not the elven breakfast. The halfling breakfast. Oh yeah. Oh, like, oh. Like <laughs> how many halfling breakfasts? <laughs> that's the that's the, that's the uh, artery killer there. <laughs> well, I mean, I need the two. You usually just have the one. Oh yeah, first breakfast. Yes, excellent, excellent. Okay, so you're you're, you're tucking in um, and uh, uh, possibly comparing notes. So, what did your dear Uncle Blackbeard have to say? Well, not a lot, but um, uh, he knew. I asked him about the box thing. He says probably like a. He remembered hearing about it, but he never got a. He never saw it himself. Uh, but he. He talked a lot about how it was like a thousand year old craftsmanship. Um, there's like a whole bunch of magical stuff going on. You have to have a key, which probably doesn't look like a key like you think of it. So some, some sort of special item to like activate the first stage of it. And then after you do that, then you have to like know what you're doing basically and like uh, do magic or do special techniques or something to, to actually uh, get the thing open. Uh, so it's going to be an involved thing. Houndmar will take out the ring and look at it. Okay. You really um, don't think they would be that foolish, do you? It could be. I mean, he said this was from the same hall. That's a good point. I don't know. You know what I was thinking? What about that statue? What she had a in statue. Her house? So the other thing he said, I asked him like, if you were going to hide one of these things, what would could you do something special? And he said you can't hide it magically because if you hide it in like a magical safe zone or or pocket dimension or something, 
um, you're basically risking the whole thing just like exploding or something <laughs> over time. And you can't really disguise it with magic because then the magic shows up. So you'd, so <laughs> you'd be able to find. So I think it's most likely that it's just in her house, in their house somewhere. And if we looked really close, we might be able to find it. That makes sense. It's also possible, although, I mean, I wasn't getting this vibe from her. Like, do you think she just knows where it is and she wasn't telling us? I don't feel like I don't feel like she'd put us through this whole thing for that, though, right? You would think. Again, I um, Phyllis um, did give me some information. I was going to read through it before breakfast started. Oh, yeah. uh, They brought the whole kit. So we can tuck into that afterwards. Mm -hmm. Uh, She doesn't have much. She never met Darkwing. And I didn't couldn't bring up Philanter for obvious reasons. Uh-huh. Uh, but um, Professor's brilliant. Um, she isn't even sure why he would bother getting into adventuring, but clearly Dom and uh, he was a specialist that Dom and Darkwing and their crew probably hired. It would be hmm. my summation. Um, Statute of Limitations on City Records was cleared like a year or two ago so i have all the planning documents so we can take a look and see if we can find anything okay you know it occurs to me that dom well they couldn't get my theory was that maybe they needed dom to like be able to get into the box but the thing is a bomb dom knew how to get into the box uh they would have by now they would have oh yeah they would have in the first place uh or they wouldn't get needed the key so they need the box, they need the key, and they need the skills to be able to open the box. Right. Um, so presumably, either they have the other two, and they just need the box, or if we give them the box, they're still going to like need the other two. You know, that was, you know what? That makes me think. The thief, when he took her back, he wasn't looking for the box. She wouldn't be carrying the box around in her bag. Of course not. Um, maybe he was looking for the key. Right. Um, we should ask if she or they kept any mementos from the hall. Good idea. So let's go. Yeah. Let's look through these records. Yeah. After we do that, I think we're going to need to go talk to her probably first thing this morning. Indeed. Okay. At first look, there's, I mean, the records are basically tedious paperwork there's adventuring permissions there's a breakdown of of the hoard of of the gold that they brought back at the end of the adventure for tax reasons um and yes there's a listing of the casket which just describes it as a a, you know gold casket with an estimated value of not really very much um you, you know it's not solid gold um there's a number of rings listed (laughs) <laughs> and you know the usual kind of stuff that you would expect to find um after an adve- adventure of this type um not that you've ever been adventuring yourselves but you know you've read about this this stuff and you've been told bedtime stories about adventurers and what they go off to you know what they come back with quite a quite a lot of gold a reasonable amount of gold mm-hmm. um you know so enough to retire on uh, evidently um that's about it. You get the impression that it's more kind of you need to know what you're looking for um, with with records like this. It's not like something's just going to jump out at you. Um, I'm presuming 
between lack of name and their passing that um, their other party members are probably not relevant to this case, but it, it at least mentions like any additional biographical data that would confirm that. Um, yeah. There were, there, were, there were two other party members. There was a, a cleric and there was another fighter okay. um, and names are given uh, addresses at, at the time brackets temporary. They're, they're just in addresses. Uh-huh. Um, I think permanent. Uh, you'd guess they, those are the ones who've moved away. They stayed yeah. in the business. <laughs> <laughs> they found a new group. <laughs> so it's either these rings or the statue. Uh, probably not the gold. Yeah, gold I mean, gold's spent by now. Gold's gold. Gold's in the gold's in the economy now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I think we talked to her. Uh, maybe take a closer look around her house. Uh, if she has permission, maybe you can help her just look around for it. Indeed. Uh, obviously, we wouldn't want to do that without her permission. <laughs> but we also, you know, keep in mind, we, we, we know where the thief went. Correct. So we know where they have either a hideout or their base, at least a hideout. Uh, and I do know the secret knock they used to get in, although obviously neither of us are going to be impersonating anybody. (laughs) 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 Not in our skill set. Um, you know, unless we knew somebody with one of those like disguise spells. Uh, you don't speak Northern, do you? No. Uh, you could make We're a roll the southern knowledge, remember? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Again, you can you know you can use push to go. Oh, you know, I know someone from the north. Uh, it, probably pushing it a bit far to say, oh yes, I know a linguist who specialises in this kind of thing. You are teenagers, yeah. after all. A, a um, bit of a uh, actually of a question for the setting here. Sure. Um, would it be the sort of thing like? Maybe not like an everyday occurrence, but like in a special circumstance that you could go get somebody to like cast a spell on you, like uh, like disguised person. Um, yes, almost certainly. Um, I mean, there are there'd be. It's a you know it's a generic fantasy city in a post D world. Uh, so yes, it's it's reasonable to assume there are magic item shops. There are mm-hmm. people who will cast enchantments for you whether you want or you know whatever you want there'll be people who do it rep- reputably and charge a lot of money and there are people who will do it in the back room of a pub for you know a handful of silver pieces but you may end up with a tail yeah <laughs> or the people who do it really well in that back room and charge way more than the people who do it <laughs> well, yes yes and then there's the- so there's the organized crime. <laughs> yeah. Let's let's hold off on doing that direct investigation for now. Um, okay. I can go I mean, through my contacts and see if I know anybody who could do a spell on the cheap. But Sure. Well, let's go talk to her. And then, uh, depending on how that goes, maybe we'll go down and uh, see what's going on at the hideout. Actually, uh, which one's closer to where we are at? Um, the It's... Um... Ethel's house is, okay. is very close. It's a couple of couple of streets away. Sounds good. Okay, well, let's go there then. Okay. Oh, she's uh, she answers the door quickly, and she's been crying. Hello, Ethel. Uh, uh, hello. Oh, I'm so glad you came. It's it's. I I think I, I got another letter from them. Oh, did you? I did, and it's and so you... worrying. Well, it's, uh... and she she hands this with shaky hands. She hands this this piece of parchment over, and it's the same blocky handwriting 
um, and it says bring the casket to Wharf 6 in the docks tonight as the third moon rises or you'll never see Dom again. That's much more specific. Uh, well, good news. We have some series leads here. Um, yeah. So the guy who stole your purse, I tracked him to a house down by the docks. Oh, we found him later on. Uh, yes. I'm I'm going to look over at uh at uh Hunmar just to make sure you're not telling me not to like tell her stuff. Uh, no, he nods, but I'm also going to try to fail a charisma roll. <laughs> uh, yeah, I know what I know. Um, I was trying to get a read on her to see if... Um, okay, that's, re- that's very much not a read. A, a yeah, 20 um, trying to, um, she, she's seeming to be crying authentically enough that it's hard to tell. If right. um, Yeah, yeah. So, all, all you've well, got is, anyway. is literally face value from her. So right. we went and talked to the professor... Uh, and, uh, he hadn't heard anything about it, but, uh, he knew where Nightwing was. Oh. Nightwing has changed his name. He's one of the Burgermasters now, Mr. Philander. Philander? Philander. That's Nightwing. I had no idea. Yeah, anyway, he's, he's living it up, up in, uh, up in Beverly Hills. <laughs> uh, and uh, <laughs> there's an apostrophe, uh, Everly Hills. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, and uh, and we went to go talk to him. Oh, and while we were there, oh. we saw that same thief, the guy who stole your uh, stole your uh, bag. Oh, do you think he? And, do you think he stole something from? It's really hard. We're, to tell. we're really not sure, but we saw him coming out of his house, and I managed to track him. I managed to shadow him all the way down to the docks, uh-huh. and I found out he went into a into a room oh. there, oh. and he was uh, he was talking. To, I, I overheard. I eavesdropped, and I uh, I heard them talking in in some northern language. Now I don't know that language, but I know it's a northern one. Mm. So we're wondering if maybe they're a uh, cultist or something of the Dark Lord or the, the Foul Lord. Oh, no. Oh, well, that would be awful. Don't get in any danger, please. Oh, no. Please, I couldn't not, bear no. it if you got hurt. Well, anyway, so anyway, uh, we're pretty sure at least we know where the guy who stole your purse is hanging out or whether where his confederates are. We don't know whether you're, they're holding your husband there or not. Uh, well, this is fantastic. This is very good news. But... Do you know where the casket is? Here's the thing. I think the casket's got to be here somewhere. Oh. From everything Darkwing and the professor told me. And then I, I talked to my uncle, who's a, kind of an expert in this sort of thing, too. He said, like, you can't hide it magically. You got to you, you gotta just, you just got to get a stash it someplace. Oh. And so it's got to be here somewhere. Like, they, they think it's here. If they've been talking to your husband, uh, he presumably thinks it's here, and he probably knows where it is. But apparently, I mean, I could, I guess if he if he had told them where it was, they would either have just broken in here and stolen it, or they would have left you at least some directions to tell you where to look. So they probably don't know where it is, but it's got to be here somewhere. Oh, Dom, he's a strong man, but he's an obstinate man, and it's. Sometimes that can be a strength, and sometimes it can be a weakness. But I'm sure he wouldn't have told them. Yeah, surely. Yeah. Um, if, uh, if, could we take I, a look? Of course, of course. 
Um, do the um, the, the I, I, none of the rooms are locked. Do do have a look around. All right, we snoop. Okay, you snoop um, together. Well, we snoop okay. together. You yes. snoop together. Um, on the what in the UK would be the first floor, but what you would call the second floor, the floor above the ground floor. Correct. Um, there's the master bedroom. And it has, you, you know immediately because you recognize it because it's your family's handiwork. It's a, it's a stone cutter fireplace. Um, it's um, been about, <coughs> excuse me. Um, it's, it's not old by any means, probably 10 years or so. Um, and, uh, and you, you recognize the workmanship. Um, uh, take a really close look at it and see if there's any uh, hidden compartments. Okay, um, make a, a very simple intelligence roll on this one. Do not hey, that'll do oh, it. Oh, perfect. That's that's ideal. Yes, um, you know exactly where your family, you know, because your your dad's shown you proudly how they fit secret catches and oh. stuff in. There's this a is, secret catch. This is a number three. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, it, it's a good one. It's yeah. um, they, the, whoever did this, it, you know, they paid top dollar for it or top gold piece for it. Yeah. And it's it's a nice piece of workmanship. Um, wasn't one of your dad's specifically. Oh. You don't quite recognize that, you know, but it's it's a, one of your recognizable styles. So, uh, yeah. So uh, do I do I open it up? I open it up. Well, okay. assume I check it for traps. <laughs> this is a number three Naturally doesn't have traps. Actually, as a right? master thief, <laughs> no, a number three doesn't have traps built in. Normally, the number three would not. No, it's, it's, it's domestic use. It's child safe. That's um, right. So, yeah. Um, okay, you you press it, and this beautifully concealed block of stone just slides out. Oh. It's hollow, and inside there is this jeweled casket. Uh, gleaming softly in the morning light. Uh, I will. Uh, I'll. Oh. I'll show it to her. Like, like we found okay. it. You take it downstairs. It's surprisingly heavy. Uh, yeah. for, for the, I mean, it's not small, but even then, it's surprisingly heavy. You take it downstairs. Sure. Yeah. Uh, she goes. Oh. Oh no. Yes. I remember. Remember Dom showing me that and saying that he would put it somewhere very safe. Um. It was yeah. in the fire. I had no idea. Yeah. No. No. Yeah, I'll show you where the seat. Don't worry, we'll show you how the secret compartment works. So. Oh, how it's clever. not that complicated. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah, one of she ours. She seems so. genuinely surprised. Yeah. Well, uh, good news. We could uh, worst case scenario, we can trade this thing for your husband at the docks <laughs> at midnight. Um, <laughs> I, I, I put I put uh, the professor's ring near the casket. There is on top of the casket. There is a large jewel that matches the jewel in the ring. Ah. See what I mean? Um, I fumble with the clasp a bit to see well, if it opens this time. I'm gonna like grab your grab your wrist. <laughs> okay. I, are, you, are you doing anything specific with the two jewels? Uh, yeah. Touching them. Okay. You touch. There's a clunk, and a part of the casket doesn't exactly detach, but kind of slides out. It looks like almost like a drawer. All right. I, at uh, this point, I will I will hold you guys back. <laughs> be like, okay. So I talked to my 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 uncle, and this is a two stage thing. So this apparently we we're we're doing great. This is clearly this is the cl- the key. 
the first stage key. Yeah. But the hard part is stage two, and that's where things can go really wrong. <laughs> okay. uh, so let's not do anything to this. We do know, however, that we have the key to it, and it's the professor's ring. Well, we can at least see this slot. Um, does it look like you need to slide something into the slot? Um, it's uh, it. It looks like it's made of stone. Um, it's about um, three inches by four, or so, um, and uh, it looks like actually you could probably pull it out. Yeah, I oh, really you're don't advising to leave it. Think we should. <laughs> <laughs> we can. We can. Now, I mean, we give my uncle a crack at. Of course, he's going to charge for something like that, like really hard. <laughs> so, and you know, from experience, he would take the credit as well. Oh yeah. But here's the thing. So we know how to open. We know what the key is. You can't really duplicate these keys, my my uncle said. Which and means... You and I are not adventurers. How in the seven hells did they not think to touch the ring to it before? Or maybe well, they did and they couldn't find out part two. Yeah, your guess is as good as mine. I mean, the... Uh, but here's here's the thing that I'm thinking. Why did the professor give us that ring? Did he give it to us knowing that it was the key to the thing? Or did he give it to us not knowing it was the key to the thing? It seems like an awful coincidence for uh, him to just give us the ring right. not knowing that it was. But then again, we do live in a fantasy world. There are a lot of coincidences. <laughs> there are. But also, don't forget, the intent was not to give use the ring on the casket. Right. The intent was that it wasn't... Le- uh, letter of introduction to Darkwing. Right. So he wanted us to show Darkwing the ring. Correct. Do you think Darkwing knows the ring's the key? Maybe. Well, I guess the question is, do we head to the professor to give back the ring or say we need the ring longer? Do we head to Philanter or do we head to the dock? Well, what do we do if we go down to the dock? I mean, I I can't fight. Yeah, I mean, we don't kick the door in and uh, you know attack the darkness. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, we know we know some form of a crime is going on. We could yeah, that's true. Guard. We could go to the police and get them to go to to raid the place. But it's the police, though. Yeah. Who knows? Uh, and but and and you know, and maybe maybe do we do that? We and could go. Really we could good. go to. I could talk again with Phyllis. I mean, she knows what adventuring parties are active. Frankly, we could just hire one of them. Or, Boy, that's a that's a good way to spend all the money. <laughs> I mean, it is, but that means no cops. Also, you know, sometimes you know they don't do the best at freeing captives. Ah, uh, they don't. Yeah. <laughs> Fireball. I mean, so do the, so do the Fireballs cops. don't don't discriminate. <laughs> there is a knock on the front door of the house. Oh, spin. Ah, let's put the box away, out of sight. Yes. Also, the ring. Put that out of sight. Yes. Okay. Oh, can we close up the little slot thing? Uh, that's that's on the on the uh, floor above. Um, on the casket. Oh, on the casket. Yes, that's it, it slides mean. slides back in. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, we close it back up and we hide the. Um, actually, it. I will go back upstairs and I will put it back while you answer the door. Oh, okay. Well, I'm not going to answer the door. That's going to answer the door. I'm going to okay. hide. <laughs> I'll go upstairs and I'll wait from the. 
um, Eve. Okay. Um, you do all that. Ethel goes to answer the door. Um, where, are you, where are you hiding, uh, Jimmy? I don't know, behind the couch. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. Um, yeah, okay. Ethel, Ethel I swear I'm not in, in like, light of sight of the door. Yeah. And I'm uh, just waiting at the top of the eve of the steps so that around the corner so I can okay. come down. If so you, you can hear. Sure. Um, Ethel opens the door and a voice um, that. Uh, Blanking on your character's name, that Hunmar recognizes, goes, Ethel, my dear, I heard last night about Dom. Is there anything I can do to help you? It is Philanta. Okay. Um, Ethel, Ethel is flustered, but you can tell from her voice immediately. Oh, 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 oh do, do come in. Uh, do come in and sit down. It's, it's so lovely to see you. Um, so thank you for coming for coming round. And, mm-hmm. uh, so <laughs> um, neither of you are in a position to actually see what happens, but you can hear as Philanta comes in, sits down, and goes, "I can't, I can't stay. I'm, I'm, I'm a, uh, a busy man. I'm, in, I'm on the council these days. I'm, uh, uh, I've, I've risen in the world, Ethel. Um, who'd have thought it? Me, but." Uh, no, this, this this youth came around last night, and he told me about your predicament. And, and I've been—I'm so sorry. If there's anything at all I do to help, um, he said something about a casket. Do you want to know anything about a, what Dom did with the casket? No, I've no idea. And you can, she's fluttering and floundering, and there's <laughs> you know, to, you can tell that she's obviously you know she's lying. All right, but, I'm. I'm going to You're fairly out. sure that you might, you know, you could, if you were an experienced judge of people who sat on the council, you would probably be able to tell that she was lying. Yeah, as soon as I hear her, like, obviously failing, yeah. uh, I'm just going to step out, like, from my hiding space and go, Mr. Mr. Philander. Larry Philander? Oh, who, who are you? Uh, he's my friend as I come down the staircase. Oh, I'm sorry. I wasn't there. Right. Oh. Um. Oh, right. oh, so yeah. Uh, ah, I see. I see. Yes, this is the the youth, the young young gentleman who came round to my house last night to to tell. I, I gather the friends of yours and helping you out. It's good to see. Good to see you've got friends, Ethel. Because I've I have wondered over the years. I've thought about you a lot. Um, but you know, it's this this casket. Do you, do you think i could have a look around you know maybe help you puzzle out where dom might have, have hidden it let me fail that charisma roll <laughs> hey this time hey. okay uh what are you trying to judge um intent in intent he wants the casket mm-hmm. you know this is it, it, this is not altruism this is this is not helping out an old friend this is a man with an ulterior motive Mm-hmm. I'm not surprised. Um, well, we had some ideas, but we haven't really been able to locate it yet. Um, uh, Jimmy, why don't you go over it with him? I'll I'll check that yeah. spot I was looking at earlier. Well, here's the thing. Uh, I talked to my uncle, who's a, a professional, oh. uh, and he sa- he says. Uh, the way you want to look for something like this 
is if you really know what you're looking for, um, you can detect it with a magical aura. Like, not normal detect magic, obviously, because that's not that's not going to cut it. But you look for mm. a very very specific enchantment aura, and that'll help you uh, ho- home in on it. Oh, oh, no, that's interesting. Because back in the day, Fizzywig, or, or the, you know our, our friend the wizard, he he wasn't able to get a magical read off it. Right. Um, this is a sort I mean, of thing. You- this is a sort of thing. It's like this is old, uh, this is old school dwarf stuff from like a thousand years ago. Like it, uh, it's very, very. It's not oh, normal wow. magic. That's why it doesn't show up on normal detect magic. That make, that makes sense. Uh so anyway, what I was gonna do is I was gonna go over to. Uh, I was gonna go. He, t- I talked to him last night. He said he's gonna whip up one of these detectors for me, oh. and uh, so I'm gonna go go over there and and get it from him. Hmm. And bring it back here and see if we can we can scare the thing up. Oh, oh, well, I'm very you know because I've I've seen it before. I'm the only one in the room I think who's who's seen it. So I should be around when uh-huh. you, you do that. Right. So well, you want to? Should we meet well, back here? If you have, if you have council work, do you want to meet at lunch? It's um, it's I've nothing I can't get out of. I'm an important man, and when I say I need to skip a meeting, they <laughs> they delay the meeting for me. Um, benefits of, of privilege. Uh, so, <laughs> of course. yeah, um, I, I, noon, one o'clock, that, that sort of time. Yeah, uh, meet meet back here. Great. Absolutely, excellent, excellent. I will I will see you then with with Fizzy Week's detector thing, and yeah, uh, we'll see what we can sort out. That would be well, that be very good. Like, Wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to correct him on Michael's name. All right. <laughs> yeah. Because I don't want him to be able to check my story. Um, <laughs> yes. All right. So uh, as soon as he leaves, he, ma- he makes yes exaggerated bow to to Ethel and and makes his way out. Ethel seems quite flustered. She uh, yeah. hasn't seen this chap for for some time. I'm I'm sorry <laughs> if this makes you feel bad, Ethel, but I think he's after that. He wants he's after he was always such a creep. He was. Oh my goodness! It quite. Oh, really? I, I. I. Oh, I've left such a horrible feeling in my stomach to see him again. Well, oh, he was. I, I mean, uh, as Ji- as Jimmy mentioned, uh, the thief left his house, and mm. I can't imagine a rogue of his class not knowing a thief was in his own home. Mm-hmm. Oh. That's why I didn't want to say anything to him. I have every reason to believe. I I think I now have all been confirmation. Maybe he's the one behind all of this. He could be behind all of it. But but now we have the casket. Should we take it to the docks at 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 midnight? And and so why does? But if Philanter's in league with the thieves, then why does? I don't understand. So it could be two things. I got two theories here. Theory number one is they're all in it together. Uh, and, uh, and, uh, they kidnapped, they kidnapped him and they're just trying to like scare up the thing. Cause they figured out you can't find it. Uh, and that's why, that's why Philanter came here. Theory number two is he didn't know about this whole situation until we went and talked to him. And now he's just trying to like get a piece of the action, see if he can get he can get into the middle of this thing. 
theory number, I guess maybe there's a third theory, which is that, um, which is that he came here just to sort of see whether we had found the casket or not yet. And if we had said, yeah, here's the casket, he'd just be like, well, good deal. Um, I'll be going then. I don't know. I think, I think they just need the casket one way or the other. We know where their, their hideout is, but I don't know if we have the, the muscle to be able to get in there. Yeah. Unfortunately, that is not mine and Jimmy's strong suits. Uh, yeah, no. Is are are there any other younger adventurers or anybody you trust that might be able to? What about the professor? I don't know. He said he was super busy. He seems kind of self-important. <laughs> right. We have the ring. Ooh. What do we need do to have, do? Do you oh, have do the we, ring? Do we have did the you, ring? Did yes. you put the ring away with the box? Um, I kept the ring on my person and put the casket back in the its original okay. location. Okay. Um, I go back and retrieve the casket. Okay. We need to get the casket out of the house. Yes. Because he's going to come back. Yeah. He's going to be looking for it. And he's going to find it if it's here. Also, we need to be careful from now on. We don't know. Um, if any of his other contacts in the city might have a eye on us. Yeah. So we need to see if we can get it out of here unobtrusively. Yes. Um, I guess the question now is you and I can't really take care of the martial aspects of the situation, but that's right. We, I feel like we have enough evidence. We might be able to call in the police, but if Philanter is behind it, he probably can get, some stallage on that. Here's what I think we do, though. I think we make the... Can I see the second note again? Uh, sure. Um, it says, bring the casket to Wharf 6 at the rising of the third moon, or you'll never see Dawn My Life again. We have this casket. We can make a copy of the casket. Uh, the one that looks exactly like, the, like it. You've got, assuming that they mean this evening... It's this is this is a large thing involving a number, quite a number of jewels and quite a lot of gold. Yeah, we don't have to make it like actually like the thing. We just need to make it look close enough that um, if you look at it from far away, uh, it looks legit. It doesn't have a magical order, or so you can't tell that it's a fake um, mm. unless you get up there and you know handle it. Yeah. So we make one out of paper mache. Uh, and we drop it at the drop, uh, and the police are there, and they just grab all the guys. What do you think? Or uh, maybe they kill the husband if that happens. I don't know. <laughs> well, there's uh, you remember Jorge, right? Jorge. Jorge. I don't remember Jorge. What's, who's Jorge? <laughs> well, Jorge is, um, he's, you know, that drow friend of mine. Uh, oh. He, he um, also worked for my dad's company, uh, but he, once he dropped out, he started pursuing his passions and he went to art school. So he actually is a pretty talented woodsmith. Oh. 
he could probably fashion it up real quick. And that is my other drop on um, charisma. Okay. Do I? Uh, so yeah, yeah, he won't be able to make a perfect copy in such short notice, but he can definitely make a passing one. Sounds good. Well, okay. let's take and us over I guess, to Do you have any contact with the police or anybody we could... Maybe this is going to be a charisma push here. Um, I'm going to say... So... We've done some work on the uh, on the on the jail. <laughs> okay. And uh, <laughs> the uh, the captain, not the captain of the guard, but like one of the uh, one of the guard, one of the sort of like lieutenants in the guard. Yes. Um, I know him. Uh, he's a human. Uh, a big burly guy. Uh, mm-hmm. named named Robert. And. Oh. Uh, and he's he's my he's my he's my my contact in the police, and he will listen to me if I if I tell him what's going on. Excellent. Okay. Uh, so what's the what's the plan? What you, uh, well, we got to uh, first challenge. Uh, we commission get this thing away from the house uh, secretly. Once we do that, you take it to Jorge. Get a copy yes. made. Yes, and then I can. I'll stash it at my place. Hmm. And then you talk with uh, you talk with Robert and the police, and we can get a sting going. Yeah, I think the idea. So here's my here's my what I think. Well, I'll talk, I'll save this for for when I talk to Robert. So okay, uh, this is probably uh, Jorge. I mean, it's, it doesn't even necessarily have to be a scene considering the time. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's just simply, hey, can you make something that looks like this? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sure. Okay. Uh, yes, I can. I will get uh, my two princes on it. We will. Uh, we will have it ready um, by uh, sunset. Wonderful. Thank you very much, Jorge. Uh, keep it. See. Keep it secret. Keep it safe. Of course. Of course. Okay. Uh, we'll grab drinks later. Oh yes. And maybe right. breakfast. Oh, of course. Of course. Of course. <laughs> I'm gonna hustle over to the police station. Okay. Uh, I'm going to. Uh, I'm going to uh, talk to uh, talk to Robert. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say, "Here's here's." I'm going to say, "We we we've we've run across some some kidnappers, and they're looking for this uh, for this. Uh, they're trying to trade a person they've kidnapped for this this uh, artifact thing. Mm-hmm. I think I know where their hideout is, but I don't know if that's where they're keeping the the guy who they kidnapped." But here's the thing. Some of them are going to be coming to try to, they've they've arranged a meeting to pick up the the ransom payment basically tonight at the docks. I think if we had the police ready at the, at the uh, docks and at their uh, hideout at the same place, we'll catch them with divided forces and uh, you could probably arrest a lot of them and uh, get yourself a promotion. Oh, okay. And, and, how you, a, a you know, dwarven youth apprentice stonecutter, have um, stumbled across this this plot? Uh, it seems that it, I think we can spare a couple of couple of um, members of the guard, uh, but it's you have to understand. I have to take this upstairs as uh, I'm Here's... giving the voice that I've already used. <laughs> um, 
Um, <laughs> do it, yeah, it, I, I'll, I'll have to take this upstairs and uh, you know get thing. sign off on on all of this. And here's the thing: know, I'll say who's your source. I'll say it's a it's a dwarf, a little dwarf I know. And then let me tell you, let me tell you let me tell you who your source is. Your source is uh the professor. What's his name? Professor. What's his name? Oh, um, I've forgotten briefly. Farragut Pitchweed. Farragut Pitchweed. Uh, the adventurer, the professor of magic. So if I, if I send someone to check with Farragut Pitchweed, he vouch. Me. Why isn't he here himself? He's doing, right. you know, these magic guys. He's doing some kind of science experiment stuff right now. He said he couldn't be bothered, but uh, anyway, he had this whole thing that we were setting. It's it's one of his friends uh, that's been kidnapped. Who's who's been kidnapped? Uh, Dom Bloodaxe. Dom Bloodaxe kidnapped. Are you are you? Yeah, you are serious. I think you're you are serious. Yeah, it's. Uh, I'll I'll talk to the chief. Here's, I'll see what we can do. It look, seems like a far fetched tale to me, um, but uh, I'll see if we can get any any resources for you. Here, you uh, can talk to the ch- if you want to talk to the chief. I just want to let you know. I'm going to lean close to him. Uh, okay. Actually, actually, I want to. I know I made this guy, but how much could I trust him? Oh. <laughs> Uh, he's a you, know, he's, you can you can trust he, him. Yeah. He's a member of the watch. He's you know. Well, the you, thing is, I'm going to say like, I don't want. We can't have this getting all the way up to the 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 to the city government. If you know what I mean. He, he I know. I'm. I, I, with everything you say, attempted to justify this, I have become I become more dubious. Um, is this not this is this is not fishy April, is it? This is not you know string out the guard for a for a for a laugh. This is some some student hoax or something, is it? You're going to round. You're going to round. Don legendary adventurer. It is a bit like saying that Robin Hood's being kidnapped. You're going um, to break him out <laughs> of where he's being kidnapped, and you're going to be famous and get a huge promotion. I can I tell you that. Oh, okay, it's I'll I'll do what I can. This is a huge opportunity for you. <laughs> you could also have him uh, say he can talk to Ethel, or have yeah, him, I mean, you can talk to Ethel Bloodlax if you want. Like, you can she will oh. verify all my story. Okay, this whole thing. Okay. Oh, it's, the oh, thing oh, is, oh, there's people oh. involved in this that might be kind of sensitive in the high high levels of government. Uh, yes, you know, adventurers they get really rich. They get rich. They get powerful. They get. Government positions. I have no idea what you are talking about. Okay, um, I will send a couple of a couple of um, my my finest round to have a word with um, Mrs. Bloodaxe, and uh, we will uh, we will proceed from there. Great, I gotta go. I got a lunch date. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, the lunch the uh, um yes, no 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 promises, but wheels are in motion. Great, yeah, that's what we want to hear. Wheels in motion. Yeah, J- J- Jimmy Jimmy very intentionally tries to sound a lot older when he's talking to the cops. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, so what's... Uh, spoken to the cops, spoken to... 
I've forgotten the, the, the woodworker's name. Uh, Jorge. Uh, Jorge. Jorge. So we got to put uh, Nightwing, Night, Nightwing, Darkwing off yes. of off of this until tonight somehow. Um, we couldn't find it in the house. Oh yeah, so I'm gonna. Oh, while you're at Jorge's, get yeah. him to whip me up some sort of uh, very impressive looking little stick, <laughs> <laughs> like divining rod type looking thing. Okay. Um, he probably. He or one of his students probably already has one. I could just buy it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Fake, fake wand, basically. <laughs> yes, exactly. You know, they, make, they make them for kids all the time. Wand of Dwarven Divining. <laughs> you know what's cool. even better, um, Jimmy? Yeah? We could tell it. We could show him where it is and show that it's gone. Oh, shit. Yeah, it's a great idea. <laughs> <laughs> Use the wand to pretend that you found it. Yeah. And then show him that it's missing. Okay, yeah, I like this plan. Okay, so we go back. We get the wand. We wait for uh, okay. Fantelver to come back. Whatever his name is. Philanter. Uh, Philanter. Philanter. Uh, he comes back. I really like, I got it. Okay. Yep. Straight, for, straight from my uncle's workshop. I start waving it around uh, impressively. Mumbling okay. little little word little words in Dwarvish. <laughs> yeah, uh, prob- probably I'm guessing various like <laughs> curse words. <laughs> <laughs> well he might speak Dwarvish, so I'm not pushing he my may well. He's an <laughs> ex adventurer, he probably knows them all already. Yeah, but I mean, you know, little dwarf magic words or whatever, whole, whole the names of the dwarf gods. Uh, <laughs> and uh I start like pushing it like upstairs and I kind of mm-hmm. like follow it, you know, and I go upstairs, like it's dragging me by yeah. my hand and I oh. you know, wave it around the room. Again. With interest. And then I like jerk my hand over to the fireplace, like pointing and like, like I'm magnetically mm-hmm. pulled to it over. And I'm like, okay. I think this has to be a charisma role for your acting. <laughs> <laughs> All uh, right. Is there such a thing as, um, I guess this is game design on the fly. Is there some way I could do like an assist? Um, oh, I, haven't, I honestly haven't thought about that. Um, though, in an earlier version of the mechanics, I had, and back when every single point of your attribute was a point that could be burnt and it was a diceless system. I'm going to say uh-huh. yes. Yes, you can. Okay. I will try. Um, uh, it's not one of my good stats, but I guess I will try charisma to try to sell that I'm again. This is exactly as it's actually happening, and not that we've set this up. Yeah. Um, uh, which yeah, I failed. Re- oh, remember, you can push. Uh, you can, you can spent, burn a point. Point a point. Sp- burn a point sp- of push for an automatic success. Um, I spent both of my charisma pushes already. Ah, oh, okay. Well, that's if I roll well. <laughs> Let's hope you roll. Uh, yeah, so I do this whole thing. Yes, the whole do, act. Do, 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 do. Uh, do you have any charisma push left? I, I have tons of charisma. I mean, yeah, f- first make the roll. Because <laughs> you might just succeed. Yeah, oh, yep, now you guys. All right, the- I do the push. I do the push. I spend push to succeed on <laughs> Okay, you, you spend the, the push. Pi- the piece de resistance. Is yeah. when I get over this fireplace, and I'm like, it's got to be here somewhere. 
And then I let him find the hidden compartment. Oh, okay. <laughs> <The> professional rogue. <laughs> okay. He finds it. He presses it. There's a clunk, and the empty drawer slides open. And he goes, oh. ah. And he looks around the fireplace, and he goes, yeah, this is a modern construction, isn't it? This is, um, yeah, Dom had this put in to hide it, and it's gone. Where's it gone? Oh, I don't know. Wow. It's, it's here long enough. But if it's resonated. gone, what was that wand of yours detecting? It's a residue. Those things are, it's been here for years. So over time, oh, oh. so there's not going to be a trail. That's like, because right. it, it takes a long time for the residue to sit. The stone itself has the. Cool dwarven magic in it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Right. He's scratching that's, his chin. That's how we find lost things. Mm. Well, okay, okay. right. If, so it was here, and it's got who's taken it? It wouldn't be if they have Dom mm. and they have the coffin or the casket. Uh, yeah, is it possible that you said you all tried everything to get it open, right? Yeah, yeah. There has to be some sort of spell or key then to open it. Maybe that's mm. what they're after. Could be. Could be. Uh, you don't still have that ring, do you? Because that we found that in the same hoard. Um, right. Well, I gave the it ring back. You me... I gave it Sorry. back to the professor. He said, "Oh, he of course, of course." Yeah. Oh well. Well, I just have to try and get it off him, won't we? Won't we? Okay. Get it off him. Well, you know, I suppose we could just borrow it from him again. We could, yes, I. Yeah, it's. Let's just say that the relationships <laughs> between the professor and I are, <laughs> you know, it's um, delicate relationships between old old comrades, and you know, it's yeah. Um, forgive my forthrightness. Yeah, of course, of course. If you want to talk to the professor, or I've already talked to them, I could just go back and get it. Um, well, that would, uh, if that's, if that's it, um, I mean, if it's, if it's, a, he might have an idea if that's it, but yes, um, yeah, it's, yeah, if you could get it, I think that, that would be good. That'd be very good. All right. Oh, we'll see what we can do. Uh, I mean, we got to do something before midnight or whatever, uh, on oh, the, the docks. Third moon rises. Third, third, moon, moon, yeah. rise. third moon rise, he says, almost preempting you. Uh-huh. <laughs> right, right. The third moon rise. Right, third moon rise. Yeah. Uh, uh so yeah, we gotta get something. Uh are they gonna get the uh or they'll kill him. It's by tonight. Mm. Yeah. If we can't find it by tonight, what do we do? Well then I think we just have to have an empty car empty uh coffin ceremony for Dom. Be a mm. big coffin. Yeah, yeah. Surely, as surely as member of the council, you can't do something. Can't you get the cops involved? It's in theory, but you know these things take time. Okay, um, everything takes time. It's all paperwork, paperwork, yeah. and paperwork. I'll poke around with this thing. I hold the the wand up. See if I can come up with something. I don't. Know. Yeah, see if you can track that residue. See you. Oh, see I who took know. this thing. Maybe, maybe I'll try. I'll, and I'll go back to the professor. All right. Well, we'll leave. You <laughs> leave the house. Okay, you you leave. 
Um, if he leaves, well, we'll wait for him to leave. Yes, he leaves. Okay, as soon as he's out of the house, mm-hmm. like okay, he's a nine. One thousand percent. Okay. Okay, I think our plan is still intact, right? Yes. So here's what we do. You still have the 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 ring, of course. Uh, and we have our fake box. Yes. We. Do we tell him that we found the box? No. Okay. So we just kill time until uh until the third moonrise. Correct. The thing, and if my my friend friend uh on the city watch uh comes through, maybe we sweep all well, these guys up. Ethel reports that two two officers did come and talk to her. And okay. she reported, you know, she told them basically she's a truthful woman. She told them everything that she knows. Of course. Did um, you tell them about Philanter being in on it? No, no, this was before. This had happened before. Okay. Yeah. Um, but I, I did tell them that you found the casket. Okay. Okay. You told the cops that we found the casket. Yes. Okay. Well, you know, it's I, sure. I don't lie to officers of the law. Well, that's, that's okay. Well as, brought far, up. as far as my officer friend knows, we did find the casket and we're gonna trade it. So they don't know it's a, they don't know about good. our fate ca- fate casket plan. The ringer. <laughs> well, um So uh who wants to be dropping the casket and who wants to be like back at the uh Back at the the hideout where the guys are supposed to be. I guess I need to do the drop because you're much faster than me. Maybe. How far away is the drop uh, drop site from the from the hideout? Something like two or three hundred meters, uh, two or three hundred yards. Okay, so it's pretty close. Yes. No. You stay back at the at the hideout. Okay. You got your horse. Get your horse yes. tied up nearby. In case, uh, you know, in case somebody tries to run away, you can chase them or on the horse or if uh, if you need to get out of there really fast because things go bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can run faster than you can. Yes. So I will uh, I will go make the drop. OK. And then I after I drop it there, I'm going to I'm going to uh, find some place to hide, see who comes and gets it. And hopefully we can we can sweep them all up in the same go. Sounds like a plan. Okay. Okay. Are you? I, where are you? Where are you waiting? Where are you hiding out? Okay. Uh, not hiding out. Killing time. Uh, we go back to the pub. Okay. <laughs> um, we go back to the pub for a meal, but then we go to. Uh, oh, let's make more spins. Um, I know a guy. Um, <laughs> okay. Private dining club. Hello, Greg. Are you talking? Greg, I think you're muted. I always make make sure I mute just in case, and sometimes it backfires on me. Um, I was going to say, just for flavor's sake, I know a guy, um, and I can use a wisdom push to 
know of a relatively safe dining club that we can lay low in that mm-hmm. Philanter should not be able to find us at. Okay. Sounds good. Um, that sounds fine. Third Moonrise is, it's not quite midnight. It's more kind of 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night, mm-hmm. but it, it will be dark. The streets will be broadly deserted. There is unlikely to be anyone working on the docks. Um, All right. So, yeah. so, okay. So you can, you can go down there. Take um, the fake chest, the okay. fake uh, casket. Okay. It's got uh, a couple I'm, of stones in there to, to bulk it out properly. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna set it there, uh, where they said it. Ted said it, and then I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go hide. Hopefully, the cops are there. Are the co- did the cops come? <laughs> well, it's you don't you don't see any cops around. What you do uh, see is a couple of, of people wearing a distinctive kind of almost ecclesiastical kind of jerkin that you mm. you recognize. Great. Standing uh, at you know one end. Um, and in between them is a large figure who appears to have a gag over his mouth. Oh. Um, and uh, hands tied behind his back. Um, oh, I, I got a sinking feeling in my throat, <laughs> realizing that probably we could have just, like, given him the real casket. <laughs> <laughs> Gone this guy. And if they find out it's a fake casket, things could go really bad for this guy really fast. Okay, uh, so I'm gest- worrying, but I'm hiding. They, they gesture to you to put the casket down about oh. twenty yards away, and then to step back. I put the casket down. Okay, I step back. Okay, back further. A bit further, sure. Okay, um, they um, uh, one of them steps forward cautiously, and sort of picks up the casket. Is surprised at how heavy it is. Um, gives no impression of actually checking it, and it's not that bright a night. It looks like a jeweled casket. If he's um, not, yeah, if he's not familiar with the actual original, he may not know. Yeah. Um, walks back very slowly. Um, keeps walking. The other two. <coughs> um, uh, how do I put this? Um, watch as he goes. He disappears around a corner. Not the, the not, not what you would think would be the most direct route back to where you know the say, their safe house is, or what you think is their safe house. Um, and once he has about a minute after he has gone, the other two leg it. The um the tall one, the large one, the one you assumed was was Dom, just rips his blindfold off. It appears his hands were not bound at all, oh. and he just sprints away. Um, I will um, use Snowy and um, hoof it. Okay, you're following them. Yes. Okay, it's. Um, I'm going to go back. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Difficult to, to ride at speed through darkened streets. Of course, you know, the sides of the houses mean that it's, it's darker at, at uh, road level. Um, make a dexterity roll. Sure thing. Uh, off by two. That is a fail. Okay. That's a fail. Okay. Um, 
you lose them. Yeah. I'm going to their safe house. Okay. Um, at what time did you arrive outside the safe house? Basically at the same time that um, Hunmar was going to the dock, so you were arriving more or less simultaneously. Yeah, I think so. Okay. So you don't see anyone leave the safe house. What you do see is after an indeterminate amount of time, five or ten minutes, um, first of all, one figure uh, arrives, push, knocks, knocks on the door. He's carrying something heavy under his arm. And about two minutes later, two other figures at a run appear. The door appears to be still ajar at that point. They go in. Um, all three, shortly afterwards, uh, leave. Um, about two, min- two minutes later, um, <laughs> they are wearing, they are now wearing, you assume it's the same people, they look different. Um, they're wearing long traveling cloaks, but again, two shorter ones, one tall one. Uh, and they leave the safe house? They leave the safe house. I'm, um, I'm going to approach carrying them. a number of objects in, in bags and stuff. Do they look like they're carrying anything big enough to be a human being? No. Okay, I'm going to go, I'm going to see if I can get inside the safe house. Yep. Easily done. They've left the door, door jar. All right. I'm going to get in there. Is okay. uh, Blood Axe here anywhere? Um, I'll, I'll cut it short. Yes, he's in the cellar. Bound, uh, uh, tied and, and bound and gagged. Um, he's there. Um, it looks like a man who's been treated very badly for a few days, uh, um, but still alive and still conscious. I cut his, I cut his bounds. Oh, thank you. Thank you, was- young dwarf. Yes, I'm, can you? I'm, I'm so grateful. Can can you can you walk? Uh, I'll try. I'll try. Let's go. Let's go. This is probably about the time I get back. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you were going to the safe house after you. After you. Oh yes, got, of course. Yeah. Since I failed. Yeah. Okay. <coughs> you you, you appear at you appear at the door, and and Don Bloodax, for it is he, goes an orc, and oh, you know makes relax, it. If he wasn't relax. Trying, I'm no, here to help. It's our friends. <laughs> oh, okay. all, all right then. All right. So, no. um, all right. Um, so here. you stagger. stagger so we found we found you. Uh, yeah, the uh, we got to get you back to your house. Okay. At this point, two officers of the law appear. What's what's all this going on here then? Minutes away. Were you sent by? Were you sent by Robert? Yes, yes, we were. After um, them, there's three people in traveling gear. One really, really tall. They're headed for the gates. For, oh, they're headed for the docks. In fact, for uh, the docks. Yes, the, the, the docks. It's all right. We've sent two more down to the docks. They'll be intercepted. Um, they took. They, they took Dom. I, I point to the disheveled. They took Dom Bloodaxe. Do you think two is going to be able to take care of them? Yes. Um, the, the officer looks at uh, Mister Bloodaxe, sir. This is an, an, Are you all right? Shall I call you a cart um, uh, to transport you wherever you need to go? He can ride with me. It's. I, Dom looks at your horse, and there is still, despite the fact that he's probably not been fed in a week, um, there's still quite <laughs> a lot of Dom. Um, and he goes, can... I'm not sure I can get on your horse, and I'm not sure your horse would appreciate it. So, That's fair. 
That's fine. Well, we just got to get you back to your home. Uh, um, yes. Ethel's waiting for you. Yes. And and an apothecary as well. I'm going to need some ointment. Oh, I, for I'll, sure. I'll, I'll, I'll run for one once we're there. Uh, okay. Okay. Um, so uh, Once we get away from the cops, uh, mm-hmm. we'll explain everything that happened. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, does he know Philanter was behind it? Um, he doesn't know. He has a suspicion that uh, Philander was involved. Um, so, um, the long and short of it is: should we should we wrap this up now, more or less? I think yeah, so. I think we're there. Part, yeah, I, have to, I have to confess, my throat is getting quite sore. It's a while since I've talked for. I used to be a university lecturer. I used to just be able to talk for three hours, basically. Oh, yeah. Not I know that make thing. stuff up for three hours. Well, I, I, it um, feels like we're far enough and we've done enough in the story. We can kind of parlor scene it. Yep. Yes, yes. Essentially, it was, yes, they are they're cultists of the foul lord. They want the casket yeah. back because it contains an artifact necessary for his revival yes. um this is this is stuff that you know will be shown in kind of the montage with a voiceover mm-hmm. um you know of, of you working out how to open the casket and i'm interested that you didn't push that because the the title of the adventure which came first is the cold lock because the first uh, nancy drew story is called the old clock oh you see, right, I'm, right. You see I'm terribly clever i love it <laughs> So uh, Alden is the last do. name of the boxcar children, in case any of you didn't get that. Ah, <laughs> oh. That's that's very good. Um so yeah, so essentially what you, the, there is a there's a keyhole on the on uh-huh. the casket. You have to make a key out of ice, which is the only way that you can open it, and the thing that's slotted out is effectively the, the mold or becomes the mold for the, the ice key. But uh, obviously you have to use magic to create the anyway, so um and that's the, yes. Black um, Blackbeard makes a long and inundated scenario, but like, you stupid humans not using ice, blast Yeah, obviously, <laughs> obviously ice. Um, so yes, you idiot. Um, yeah, so so all of that, uh, but you've got the casket, you've got the artifact, um, which is uh, it is confiscated by the by the police, who oh. you know ensure that it is put somewhere absolutely secure yes. with the help of of the professor. Um, you know, where it is, it is, you know, they're going to keep it in the same way that, that you know, the U S government kept the Ark of the, of the covenant yeah. at the end of Indiana <laughs> Jones. They don't want to destroy it. It might be useful at some point, but it is somewhere where the cultists absolutely will not be able to get, get hold of it mm-hmm. in the future. Um, what I thought was going to happen was that the casket itself would get, you know, you'd open the casket, you'd get the thing out, you'd give the casket, to the cultists. Oh, that would have been. Yeah. yeah. They were then going to put that in a portable hole, which was going to blow up uh, or implode rather and suck them into a, a, a vortex in, in magical space. Oh, nice. Nice. Um, which I thought was kind of a, you know, I, I had various kind of ways that this was likely to go. And in, mm. in the end, I had to make something, do something on the fly. Yeah. Um, I, I can't speak for Ethan, but knowing that it was a magical device and supposedly, again, to go after Indiana Jones, the brightest minds, <laughs> could yes. open it. it felt very dangerous to open. <laughs> right. That was the thing. Yeah. Yeah. No, no point, uh, point taken. I would, you know, I am, I have copious design notes um, <laughs> from this. Uh, the other thing is I mentioned I have, I have long COVID it's I'm 
my plot improv skills they may be rusty but I, I was there were bits where i was i was going right right now i'm going to do this and you were ahead of me um there were <laughs> it yeah didn't feel like uh, it you at one point you were you were going to be ambushed by people when you when you were taking the casket to to jorge um i was working through the plot of how that was going to work and uh. no you're at jorge by that point um, couldn't do it. Could have had it stolen from Jorge, but that would have just been anticlimactic, really. Mm. This stuff has, has to happen to you rather than. And there were, you know, I was tempted to have the professor beaten up by them and thugs. No, and that it just, yes, should, I think I want, wanted to do a bit more with the professor, but it's hard to kind of bring him in. Anyway, I had a really, I really enjoyed that. I um, agree. This is wonderful. Thank you very much. Oh, thank you for giving me the opportunity. This is, and thank you for supporting Ludo Narrative Dissidents. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's it's been a hoot. I'm really pleased with how it went. Um, yeah, I've me spawned, too. You know, identified a big number of holes in there. Um, I, I like I like the way the push thing works. I think that's that's mm. fun. Yes. Um, yes, it speeds things along really nicely as well. That you can just click your fingers and produce the person you need to talk to. Yeah, that or, is all right. You know, uh, they're not necessarily going to give you exactly what you need, but it's, of course that seems. To- but but that or that one roll engine make a spend get something out of it for a mystery game. Mm. Um, that expenditure capability definitely can help things. Mm-hmm. That's that's really good to know. Um, yeah, and and as I, I mean, it's first, the dice first didn't like us today. <laughs> the but that was the best. Those are evil digital dice. Yes, <laughs> I think there's a virus in your in your dice roll. Yes, every uh, game has this. <laughs> we play with it. <laughs> Doesn't matter whether it's roll high or roll low; it's always the wrong way. But always. no, um, I definitely love the concept. Uh, yes, I, I I I like doing this kind of mystery in a fantasy setting. I definitely yes, want to see more. Uh, very excited. It's really entertaining to be able to play with the tropes of like what it's like to live in a D and D world. So. Yeah, I, I, I don't. I know that. it. <laughs> <laughs> with something I've been working on, but uh, no, no. And, no. Uh, it's yeah, because it's kind. Of, it's slightly that that thinking about the wider world stuff is something I've been doing for for a while. I'm mm-hmm. if I get the time, I'm wondering about pushing out some D twenty supplements, uh-huh. um, nice. based kind of on that concept of a world where adventuring heroes are part of the society and how does that change things how does that mm-hmm. change change the world mm-hmm. um leading up to i don't know if you guys ever heard about frop but um frop is a thing i was going to publish through hogshead publishing in the 90s it was going to be our second rpg hmm. after warhammer fantasy roleplay and for various reasons mostly financial we got screwed badly by a distributor Mm-hmm. Um, it, it never happened. But Frupp is a world in which a thousand... It's, it's a lovely, ordinary fantasy world in which a thousand years ago, three massive books, each as thick as a man stands tall, fell from the sky and were found by a wandering troop of monks who read them and interpreted them and realized that this is a clearly a message from the gods about how the world is supposed to be because the books describe a perfect world, a world of order and, and regimen because everybody knows their place and everyone else's place because everyone has a character class and a level <laughs> and attributes and has to carry their character sheet at all times. Because <laughs> it's the AD&D rulebooks. The AD&D rulebooks have fallen into the world. Oh, that's funny. And right. a thousand years later become the basis of all law, religion, and society. Huh. And, you know, so if you go, if you are seen to be breaking the rules of AD&D in a world which is not based on AD&D, you will be burnt at the stake as a heretic. Right. Um, and that's the, the premise of the role-playing game. Um, 
and you know I've I I think there's enough there to to do an RP, particularly with the success of fifth edition. Uh, um, I I think there's an, enough there, but again, it's that whole idea of how does how do role playing tropes change the world in which you place them? Um, and it's not an original, you know that itself is not an original. I think Frupp is an original idea. I love um, it. But uh, it won't be called Frupp now. Frupp, because back in the 90s, we used to talk about FRP for fantasy roleplay. Uh-huh. These days, it, we talk about roleplay or D&D. So it'll probably, if I if I finish it, if I, well, I, I wrote about 100,000 words, but they were about AD&D. They're horribly uh, dated. Um, <laughs> as, is, as is the humor. It really needs to be redone. But if it comes out, it'll be called Dandy for... Um, because the oh, monks transliterate D and D That's that's the idea. Uh-huh. So that's kind of what this is leading up to. But I need to work through a whole bunch of ideas first, and Nancy uh, Drow is, is one of them. I love it, and I love how lightweight it is. I feel like it's so easy to get into and encourages. Yeah. Well, uh, I'm really glad you had a good time with it. I oh, certainly did. I, I had a lot really of fun. Into- uh, Han Mar and Jimmy's story. This was yeah, cool. I really liked the dynamic character. between the two of them was really nice. Yeah, I, I enjoyed yeah. that a lot. And we were able to get that between the stats and between the um, character generation, how we know each other. Mm-hmm. So, it was yeah, it really was good. Yeah, fantastic. It's exactly. certainly one of the better play tests I've done. I've done for a while. I'm, I'm really Yay. pleased. With Wonderful. It went. Thank you so much for, for adding so much to it. It was really fun. Thank well, you. Well, thank you very much for sharing us with this. Yes. Um, are there any other places listeners might be able to find you? Um, I'm at James Wallace. That's Wallace with an IS on Twitter. Um, I um, JamesWallace.com is out of date. Uh, that's a, I'm a little bit quiet at the moment. I've just finished writing a book that I mentioned at, at the start, which is coming out uh, later this year called Everybody Wins. It's a history of the Spiel des Jahres, the German Game of the Year award which is basically an opportunity to look at 45 of the best games of the last half century mm. and go, do they stand up? Are they still Are they still great? And there's some jokes in there as well. Um, putting the finishing touches to that at the moment, that's my big thing. And then, as I say, I'm a... Oh, yes, it's uh, The Adve- Extraordinary Adventures of Baron Munchausen and Las Vegas, two of my RPGs, are up on drive-through for people who don't know them, and Itch as well. Um, your online thing you know pdf repository of choice um and if you really want the beautiful third edition hardback of baron munchausen there are still a few copies available at indie press revolution wonderful awesome well james once again thank you so much for joining us today yeah Yeah, thank 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 you. you oh and of course the other thing is we're going to be doing a second season of um uh, Ludo narrative dissidents. Oh, great! We are putting the Kickstarter pages together at the moment. We've recorded an episode zero for it. We're going to be doing more stuff about games mechanics specifically. Oh, interesting! And the way that they color certain games. So, episode zero is all about games that use cards as a resolution system, mm, cool. going way back to the eighties and stuff like Lace and Steel, um, and forward to you know the Groundbreakers and the the one pages that are up, up on edge. It's a it's a really we had a lot of fun doing it. I think it's awesome. a really good episode. Oh, it's so cool. We'll definitely link to the Kickstarter once that's available, and we'll have all the links available in the show notes for you, listeners. Uh, well, thanks again, and we hope you enjoyed listening to this as well. Good night, Internet. Good night, Internet. Good night, Internet.